Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in an unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented time where your individual liberties are being handed over in the name of a government safety net or for the common good. You're tired of being told what you're allowed to say, how to live your life, or how to raise your kids. And so are we. We are the Break the Bell Podcast, and we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. Join us weekly as we invade your ear holes with all the insanity that's going on in the world and expose the corrupt system that is hell-bent on keeping the power from you. You can check out Break the Bell every Monday night, streaming live on YouTube, or listen wherever you can find podcasts. Check out Break the Bell, and most importantly, never stop talking. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right. Howdy. How's it going? I do not know you at all, so this is awesome. I know. I don't know you either, so it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Amanda. I'm one half of the Civil Discord podcast along with my co-host, Maurice. Uh, so we're, we're, we're a newish podcast. We're less than a year old. I don't know how old that is in podcast years, but uh, um, we're, we're getting started and we're having fun. So thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thanks for joining me. And I assume that Jim and Carolina will be joining us at some point. This is the, the problem with having the uh, those two. They are very much prima donnas, so they'll show up half lit whenever they're good and ready. Doing uh, the makeup, getting the lighting right. That's that's what Jim's doing. I don't know about yeah. Carolina. She... <laughs> Mostly thinking about him. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, so did he explain the premise of tonight's show? Not at all. So this is going to be wild. That's um, even I, I, underst- I understand the pre- maybe has something to do with why the Nineteenth Amendment was the was worse than Pearl Harbor. Um, something like that to that effect. That's pretty damn close. Okay. Uh, let's see the uh, the Nineteenth Amendment and its consequences. Yeah. Now, see, uh, <laughs> this is kind of a, a running joke on uh, a few of the Discord servers that Jim and I are in. Uh, Dicky Walnuts did these. I'm just gonna go ahead and pull them up. <laughs> so Dicky Walnuts did these little. Uh, where did it go? Obviously, I'm super prepared. No, it's great. I can just tell stories while you look for your uh, whatever go. you're looking for, your links, your your photos, your receipts. So Dickie, there we go. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh boy, did, did this the Nineteenth Amendment and its consequences, and then we also had that one right there, the, <laughs> the patriarchy and its accomplishments. Obviously, they're they're yeah. joke books, but. Well, I just want, I mean, you know, God bless toxic masculinity because I went through so much of my life not knowing how to put air in my tires precisely because I just relied on the toxic masculinity of whomever else was at the gas station to do it for me. So, you know, I, I would, I may, might, you know, do a follow-up book to that called Why Toxic Masculinity is is, is Great. We need more See, of I had friends in high school that I would go places with them and... They wouldn't drive. I would drive their vehicle. They wouldn't pump their own gas. I would put the gas in their car for them. They, they would pay for everything and do all of it. But I, I just got to be like the the dude in the group who took care of all the, the manly stuff for them. And so then they didn't actually have to like get dirty or do anything. They had they had the dude around to, to handle that for them. I mean, obviously, feminism has ruined society as a 
as a whole. And there's Jim. He finally got his makeup and lighting done. See, no, he's frozen. Oh, there he is. And that, that is just the decline of toxic masculinity because punctuality is a male value. And with the decline of toxic masculinity and the patriarchy, we no longer have punctual males. So that's, uh, that's on you, Magoo. Yeah, no, I uh, I apologize for my tardiness. Um, I'm a little hungover. Been, I'm gonna get started then. So. Been a long day, uh, as you can tell by my goofy outfit and and all the shit around me. Something something happened down here in Georgia last night. Uh, technically in Indy, up in Justin's neck of the woods, and uh, I didn't go to bed till five in the morning. So Is it the uh, sports ball. Well, yeah, a little bit of sports ball. Okay. Something something happened last night that hasn't happened uh, in over forty years. Let's just give it the the equivalent of like a libertarian winning a national like prominent election. That's, that's never that's happened. Equi- though. That's never happened. Exactly. So, so there's hope. Georgia won the Natty last night. So who knows anything right. possible? So cheers, not the everybody. Natty Light, the the real Natty. Cheers. No, 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 no. As you can tell, no Natty Light in my world. No, that that's as big as I am. What is that? Ah, it's a um, it's a found uh, Hooters mug. Oh, apparently, what's inside it? Oh, Guinness. Okay, that was mo- that was my main question. Was was the the contents of said Hooters mug? I ah, see, and here we are, right off the bat, miscommunication. I'm more concerned about where I stole this thing from, and you're more concerned about what's in it. Because I I like ideas and you like stories because uh, that's oh no I got it I got it reversed uh, that, you know when we, you talk about masculine and, and feminine uh, preferences I what they say is that men are more conceptual and women like stories more which is exactly the opposite of me so I'll have a good time and that's why we love you here it's mine that's interesting I feel like I'm a healthy combination of both but um... yeah. So this is what I'm drinking on. I uh, oh, smoky! Nice. Hell yeah! I discovered earlier today that I actually have to mix uh, mix some Pepsi with it so it doesn't taste as good because otherwise mm. I'll just drink it straight out of the bottle and try not to pass out uh, before we get through this. Oh, there we go. Hey guys, howdy! Hola. Sorry. So we're already like oh. live, live, aren't we? Yeah, we've been live for a while. <laughs> Y'all are just playing catch up. Just, we've actually been getting to know each other since uh, this was kind of uh, awkwardly put together. And it was a uh, Jim suggested. And so here we are. And then we were just left to making awkward introductions to each other. So I, f- I, I feel like I'm well. I feel like I'm kind of like the awkward tie that binds this whole thing. So uh, Amanda, Justin, Justin, Amanda, Amanda, CD, CD, Amanda. There. I think we're good so we already went through the graphics and everything. I, I guess I do have Jim's video to play now that everybody arrived so that we can kick this thing off. Now, properly. quickly, I must say, um, I did hours upon hours of research. There's a library of information behind me. I thumbed through every page. Looks like a library of alcohol behind you. Like I said, I thumbed through all of it. <laughs> Mining out all of the most important facts, details, and points for arguments, counterpoints. Justin, are you ready for the most professional thing you've ever shown on your on your fine program here? You know, that's not a real high bar, so let's do it. Roll it. You know, not every historical event is all it's cracked up to be. When 
Women, we have spent decades fighting for our right to vote. So when you go to those booths and cast your ballot, remember, Warren G. Harding is way the cutest! <laughs> That is it was taught in the history of books that I I was aware of. And I was a history major in college for a whole semester, so I would know. <laughs> what was your what was your period? Um women's suffrage or? mostly pre-Civil War. Oh, all right. The good old days. Yeah. Oh, this is silence, awkward silence is my favorite. No, I'm just I'm reveling in in the really in the uh in the cohesiveness of the evidence that you presented right there i thought it was pretty thorough showed explicitly and implicitly uh kind of why we're against the whole idea of the 19th amendment so so this is historical footage basically like it's in color kind of ken burns style but found footage it was recreated they had to like splice some shit together but other than that it's pretty pretty actual i gotcha my, my grandmother was there, and she tells me that that's exactly the way it happened. So I'm going to go with that. With the pillow fight? Yeah. So, why, what, who else would you vote for if you're not voting for the most attractive person? I mean, you know, like, I mean, Taft. Who else are you going to vote for? Uh, uh, that, that would be, you know, that's why, you know, Hillary didn't win. I'm just I, honestly, it's why I voted for Joe Jorgensen. Between right, her and, she's, yeah. she's pretty. Uh, it doesn't because you know, women just are they just stupid, so they yeah. don't know any better. The reason know? that I didn't vote for Hillary is because I was afraid that you know, when the time of the month came around, she would just be trigger happy and start firing nukes off all over the planet, and we can't have that. Granted, in hindsight, that- she's probably past that point in her life, but it was still a legitimate concern for me at the time. No well, one gave any COVID evidence vaccines. otherwise. Yeah. We've got COVID vaccines for that now. It takes care of it. You don't have to worry about it anymore. There you go. Yeah, I didn't vote for it because I didn't want to be forced to be anti-racist. And, and yet here you are being forced to somehow worked its way into the cultural conversation anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we never win, do we? Which is why politics is dumb. Anyway. Well, I didn't vote for her because she's ugly. And and she likes to wear curtains as an outfit. And that is just, we just cannot have that going around the world. We just, we just, um, I can't, I can't abide. You know what I mean? I cannot abide. Uh, Curtains. No. for, For the primary example of why women shouldn't be allowed to vote, did anybody, obviously CD was, did anybody else pay attention to the the Liberty Twitter drama that was going on today? Like, so did y'all catch any of that? I'm, I missed that. I, I'm I'm allegedly in a PhD program, so I missed I missed the Twitter today. What was going on? So I'm going to refer back to what I opened up with. It's just been nothing but this because of this all day. So I'm going to act like I know nothing of what you speak of. I don't think I should find that too difficult. So that means you guys left me. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate y'all so much. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. You knew exactly what you were doing. Um, uh, so there were there are ladies of our Twitter sphere who are were acquainted via the internet 
via a group chat. There were people in this that group chat that got upset with other people. Uh, there were uh, threats of doxing. There were, uh, I don't know if there was threats, but there was definitely accusations of doxing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I could care fucking less. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> like these people, first of all, first of all, none of these women matter. First of all, none of these women matter. Half of them, they just don't matter at all. Uh, they can take their little 13,000 followers and go shove it because you do not matter. Um, and th that's part of our problem is that they, they like are way too worried about themselves and clearly don't have like jobs or in like a PhD program or anything like that. It would cause them to be distracted from each other. So we get real involved with each other. And that is eventually what led, what happened. I have blocked just about everyone that was involved because I don't ever, I don't, I don't want any, I, I don't want any part of this. I, I'm Janice Ian. I am not a plastic. <laughs> what, what, was the, am, what was the proximate cause? I mean, it's just. All right, as best I can tell. Some shit was being talked in a group chat or some such thing. And somebody got doxxed. And the person who got doxxed blamed somebody else for the doxing. And then somebody else started saying that that person who did the doxing was also talking shit about some other stuff. There's a whole lot of uh, he said, she, or mostly she said, she said. Um, just no, dumb drama. It's just, yeah, it's all a bunch of dumb drama. Like it doesn't matter. Like it so doesn't matter. And there's like like actual LP stuff going on, and these women claim to be principled, which I think is fucking hilarious. And um, you know, there's like actual stuff happening and like actual liberty, and uh, they are just concerned with each other. So it's kind of, honestly, I'm like, go for it because you're, we're going to weed out the people. We're going to weed them out real quick. Like, you know, you can, you can put your liver titties out on, on, out on Twitter and <laughs> say hashtag taxation is theft. That doesn't make you a libertarian. I'm Man, sorry. 9,000 um, likes from a bunch of Which is lonely... fine. If that's what you're into. Hey, man. Hey, I'm not here to shame anyone that wants to put their titties on the internet. That is super well, cool. I have an equity problem with this, okay? Because I don't have libertities to put on the internet. So it's it's just, it's offensive to me where I just, I feel like I can't participate in the 9,000 likes because I, you know, I, I showed a picture of, you know, a, you know, a cardboard slat and wrote taxation and stuff. All right, everybody I, go follow our homeboy here. We got to see yeah. the big Alaskan. Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, Lee, Lee, uh, dude, <laughs> I... I I'm down. I told him I, that would be awesome. But yeah, I told him he could come on uh, the show, and then we picked up Amanda at the last second. And he got uh, which is super cool. Off. I'm so glad. I, you're here. I feel bad. I, I like I should probably send Layton the uh, the invite link, and I, I'm I actually have it posted in the chat with him. I just haven't hit send yet, so I'm I'm waiting for him to like guilt trip me into it. Uh, I'll go ahead and say hit send. Um, <laughs> have a party. But but yeah, no, I feel I feel that Amanda, and uh, so yeah, there is like, you know, I can I I feel you, um, yeah, and 
there that is an equity problem. And these are the same humans that talk about equality and it being important. Ta da! Look, it's me. Oh, well, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Obviously, I'm the consummate professional. CD, were you going off today on the on the Twitter machine? No, I just uh, I just said in a world of um, in a in a world of Regina's, be a Janeth Ian. Oh, that was beautiful. And beautiful, um, beautiful so that tweet. so you know, See, now I gotta there go pull it lot, There was a lot. There was a lot going on, and I just was like, man. You guys must be really bored. Like you must yeah. be so bored. Uh, I, I don't care. I don't. I, I don't care that much about my friends in real life, much less some chicks on the internet. I mean, I, I, I consider my internet friends, you know, dear, and I love them. But like, I also don't. I just don't care what you do in your life. Like, you know, and and doxing is terrible, and you shouldn't dox. And if someone dox, they shouldn't do it. But see, it looks like the original tweet <laughs> got deleted, so now we don't even have the context. No, it's probably because uh, she blocked him. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't block her. I, but she did say that she would delete that tweet if the person involved in this would come clean about being involved in this. That was a big problem. There was a person who was playing both sides, from what I gather. Okay. Allegedly. What? what? Duopolis women playing both sides? That doesn't happen Never. ever. And so eventually the two proverbial horses came together and they got, you know, the word uh, from each other's mouth. Yeah. Oh, no, only only men scream <laughs> and act catty. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm going to hell. Um, no, it's fantastic. But it's okay. Um, so does this mean the, the Liberty Lady streams are over? Like that's not going to happen again? I mean, I was honestly thinking the same thing. Um, I want to do my own with not them. And I want to call it POV. It's gonna, we're going we're gonna to change the view. We're going to take it like the view, but we're going to make it cool. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, so a show I've that... been pushing this for weeks now. Like, I, I've even and I keep telling you to produce, produce it. it. <laughs> Justin, add another fucking podcast to your list already. I'm, I'm up to eleven. What's what's one more? So, so yeah. So I said it should be us and like just drinking and just. Amanda, do y'all show need a, a producer? I'm. Yeah, I mean, we can't pay you. No, I mean, well, no, we can talk. We can talk for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a new it's a new podcast. Civil Discord. We're not a year old yet, so we're getting started. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to a few episodes uh, leading up to this. Today. Oh, sweet. That's I enjoyed it very, very much. Awesome. Uh, yeah, shameless plug. Y'all go listen to it. It's really awesome. Uh, you, you're great. So yeah. thank you. It. Maurice is my homeboy, and I miss that dude. Maurice but is appar- awesome. Apparently, he's busy with real life, which is what most people should be doing, and not uh, spending all their time on Twitter, publicly hashing out private conversations. That he, shit's fucking gay. If anybody is- was curious, that shit's hella fucking gay. It's so gay. He's the best at not engaging in Twitter drama. I mean, he, he I mean, just doesn't even go on Twitter. He goes on TikTok. He goes on Instagram, but he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. I, I don't understand how he can just tap out. It's very stoic of him. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. No, Maurice is awesome. He dodges all the bullshit. I'm quite impressed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I heard you weren't a real libertarian unless you had a podcast. So I had to right. rectify that. And here we are. <laughs> Ever since I started doing a podcast, I've become less and less libertarian. I'm <laughs> I'm weird. I, I, I don't fit the mold, which I think is hilarious because for libertarians, typically that's just what like anybody calls themselves when they just feel like they don't want to belong to any of the preconceived this or that. When in reality... Libertarian is just a catch-all for somebody who doesn't want to spend that much effort being politically minded. And then you run into the group that we're more familiar with where they're super heavily politically minded and they're libertarian because they've actually read about it. They know the key figures that came up with it. And sometimes they're just as insufferable as the people that don't know anything. You, It's possible to know too much. And it's also possible to not know anything it's like the bell curve yeah. um, and then it's yeah. also it's also possible to be like super autistic and then try to explain it to people in a really dumb way and then yeah. you come off like like so, ridiculous, I, <laughs> so ridiculous so i was in a chat and i don't see this as the equivalent of taking screenshots of private chats and posting them but i will give a synopsis of on occasion, some of the disagreements that happen. Because if you're in libertarian group chats, it gets really fucking autistic, retarded, stupid, time-wasting. <laughs> you'll put your phone down, and then you'll come back to it a couple hours later, and there'll no shit be 200, 300, 400 messages. Because people I have are most just... Of them, I have most of them muted or notifications turned off. And yeah. so I'll come back, and I'll scroll through as much as I care to, and then I'll just scroll back to the bottom and be like, all right, let me pick up on whoever said the most recent thing and I'll go from there. Like I'm not dealing with all the other, I actually created one for our district here in Indiana. And I honestly haven't looked at it since I created it because they just go on and on all day, every day. And I'm sure some of them are listening to this (laughs) because they know I do this show and they're like, ah, that's why he never answers. Cause he doesn't actually look at the discord that he created I really don't. I just can't. I yeah. just can't do it. Like, like I genuinely enjoy the individuals in these groups as people. I do. But it seems, and there's one in particular I'm thinking of. And if they're watching, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I'm going to come out and talk about what the fuck we spent a day and a half bitching about. Um, there, there seems to be just a desire and an unquenchable desire to just debate hypothetical libertarian takes on real world problems. And it never ends. There was one in particular after the great doxing of Christmas, 2021, where I was in a group chat and they were trying, everybody was already disagreeing or agreeing that doxing is bad. Okay. It's okay. It's, it's bad. They were trying to establish whether or not doxing is an act of aggression. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I, I understand what the... F- hey, what's up, Leighton? I understand the point that you're trying to make here because you're trying to say if it's aggression, then it can be acted on with violence. But is doxing violence? I think is what they finally got to. Is doxing violence? And I was just like, that's it. I'm not a libertarian anymore. You guys have officially retarded your way into norm- normalizing me back to Normieville. I don't want this. I don't want anything to do with these 
kinds of arguments that live on Twitter, on private chats, disc- everywhere. And I've so, heard oh. I've heard a lot of libertarians make the argument that your kind of personal data should have some form of ownership over like ownership rights. So I actually think that there's kind of an argument there to be had. Um, I don't think that it's as open and shut. I've seen some great conversations, but it's just the whole, like, if you dock somebody, it doesn't matter about, like, the map or none of that, because I think you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's where this whole line stops. Like, if you do that to somebody, I think you're scum. <laughs> like, So can I tell you what the two end of, ends of the spectrum they were arguing? Do was... you know what they were? Yes, I remember this too. So we might have different interpretations, but I remember it. But go on. Well, this one didn't I'm gonna happen. Do a rip of dabs while you talk. There you go. <laughs> That's definitely not an act of aggression. Um, so this one was not on any Discord chat. This was in a totally separate, different one. Oh, okay. Then never mind. Because <laughs> I, I heard another one. Ju- I, I saw I another one just like that. Okay. I know autism is okay. rampant. Okay. And it's contagious. No. <laughs> so they were arguing that um, the person who did the doxing on Christmas either deserved to get shot in the face for it or nothing was wrong. And what are we even bitching about? And I was like, you do know there's like a 9,000 mile wide canyon between these two outcomes, right? Those are two very different things. <laughs> Because they were like, well, if it's not violence, if doxing isn't violence, then you just have to let them do it. But if it is violence, then they deserve to be shot in the face. And I'm like... I, I think people need to learn how to separate, like, I don't know, shunning versus actual criminal action. See, in I... this house, we practice light stabbing. We don't need to shoot people in the face. You just a little bit of stab, stab, and then we move on with life. In this house, we believe stabbing should be light. It's put a, a, a you know front front yard sign. Um, so y'all laugh, but I, I legitimately chase my son around, telling him, "Hold still, I just want to stab you a little bit." Oh, I'm not surprised at that at all. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't surprise me one bit. No, and depending <laughs> what neighborhood you're in, it could have two totally different connotations. Like out where Amanda lives, um, they might just be you know shooting for a role for a Nickelodeon show. It's part of growing up, having a knife fight. That's what I that's what I learned is, you know, kids just growing up, they have knife fights sometimes. And, you know, that's no reason for law enforcement to get involved or anything. It's just a good old fashioned, you know, pubescent knife fight. See, this is what I'm worried about is that my kids are growing up a little bit too suburban and like they're in, you know, they hang out with like good kids, whereas I was really rural and like having a baseball bat fight was a legitimate thing that you had to worry about every weekend. And so, like, I, I want them to get a little bit of stabbing here and there so that they're prepared for real for real life. Yeah, you know, I shot my best friend. I shot my best friend in the face with a 10 pump BB gun. And we're still best friends to this day. And that was allegedly like 38 years ago. <laughs> allegedly. Oh, or more like more like 28 years ago. Sorry. Matt. You're not that old. No, thank God. We grew up. We grew up on an acre of land. In, in like Alaska and a little tiny cabin. So we spent most of our time like getting sticks and just like sword fighting. Yeah, like that was what you did. You just hit each other with sticks. Like that was kind of the thing you did for fun. So yeah, you solve a lot of problems that way. So Amanda or CD, do y'all have any stories of uh, potentially murdering your friends? 
I mean, I'm just a firm believer that you should not raise children in the suburbs. You should do one or the other. You should grow up in an urban environment or a rural environment. And that way you kind of, you, you have these, these formative experiences of either possibly stabbing someone or possibly getting stabbed. Okay. So I don't, I don't know. That's, you know, if that was a very I, I would, well, no, I'm, I would argue. I'm, a, I'm a perfect example of the rural side of that spectrum. Cause yeah. like I grew up to 14 in a, yeah, about a 550 square foot cabin with seven people in the middle of nowhere. So uh, the rural is side, uncle, that's... Is your uncle literally Uncle Ted? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. We don't talk, we don't talk okay. about that on the air. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You can tell me off the air. Big fan, uh, big fan. All right. Since we have ladies in the chat, why... Are there so few women in the liberty movement? And why is it that most of the women in the liberty movement are kind of what we saw on Twitter today? Insane. <laughs> I was trying to not use that word, but yeah. Oh, I'll use it. I'll take the weight of that. <laughs> Amanda, you go first. Well, I would just want to say most most women are like what you saw on Twitter today. So I, it's not believe it's not restricted to the to the liberty movement. It's that's just what vagina people do. Um, <laughs> Inclusive I, vagina people. I like. Okay, it. it's the first thing. I include myself. I don't know. I I think. Why, why, are, why does the liberty movement fail to attract women? And, you know, in some respects, there is a, there's kind of a, a marketing failure for some women, although there, there's this, there's this tendency to believe because this is the narrative that you get that libertarians are not compassionate and are super misogynistic um, and are just all about, having more and aggrandizing themselves. I think in general, women are raised to be averse to that and conditioned to be averse to that more so than men are. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a narrative formation difficulty. And I don't know. I also, I think generally there's a level of, there's a level of practicality that I know that I, I kind of had when I was, when I identified more with one party, one major party or the other, where I felt like, okay, well, I want to identify with the winning party because this is more pragmatic and this is just more, I don't know if this is unique to women, but I think there's just a level of, pra of practicality that you want to attain. If you're going to enter into the political arena, you want to feel like there's some kind of payoff. That just might be a human thing though. Um, have you ever met people at a libertarian event oh yeah oh yeah okay a lot of them okay. are like me not a lot of them <laughs> are so much like you and that's why that's why most people most people oh, you know and i'm at a lot of events autistic <laughs> and annoying but i don't think that about you at all because I, I think that you're just like one of us and um okay so yeah so marketing failure uh you don't know how to talk to women you don't know how to talk to women in real life like you don't know how to approach a woman so how do you expect to sell yeah that's it, it uh, so yeah so they, they they fail on that part um 
Uh, again, none of the candidates are attractive. Joe Jorgensen was the first one, and no one knew who she was. Uh, so women. Oh come on! Can't wasn't there a whole scandal about that or something? I'm sure you would know it, Lee. <laughs> I'm gonna do some research here on the spot. Unattractive? Well, thank God I'm not having to do the research myself. Usually, usually that's what I do. I'm gonna see if I can find talk. I do the research. While Layton's looking it up, while Layton's looking it up, somebody more autistic than me in the on the stream. Well, while while he's looking that up, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up what CD just said. Is I blame the men because it's all our fault. Oh, without a doubt. Because no, well, it's it's the marketplace of ideas. It's it's the, the I. Like and this is true. Like from an outside perspective, any woman looking at libertarian politics and anything working within the libertarian party, most of them want absolutely nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do are the ones that I would describe as autists or people who are autist adjacent. Uh, and so it becomes kind of chaotic uh, in that field. But you know, there's a there's a good there's a good number of great people on both sides of that fence and liberty movement. And there's also a lot of like, I notice a lot majority of the girls that I've met uh, that are like you know in that age group between like say uh, twenty to thirty are a little bit different than the ones that I've met that are like thirty to forty. Uh, this the separation there seems to be a lot different. I think that there's just a, an attitude shift. Uh, I think that's something similar we see in guys. Like they say, guys become more conservative the older they get, and I think that's something similar that you see in that space. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it's 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 weird because when I went to like for instance events in Florida, like I was surprised because I would say like the Tom Woods event even had a decent like ratio of of male to female there wasn't like a a huge depravity that i noticed uh the problem is is that a lot of these events you have couples that go so that makes it difficult to gauge too because if somebody's a couple it's a different metric than like single people too oh i 100 well, percent drag my wife along me. to events and stuff like well, here here's the point I, I i wanted to i want to make still is uh I want to try to use normie events and normie things that normie people do to try to make it relatable to libertarians so that libertarians can start relating back to fucking normies. Um, I, I say it goes all back to men because uh, to me, politics is masculine. It's a natural place that men are going to be attracted to. Women um, have to find a reason to be attracted to it. And, and then the more women you have there, the more men you're going to have there. It's like the whole reason why guys ever go to a One Direction concert. It's not because they like the music, because they want to get some, you know, or, I was or, or in, they're dragged there. I was in choir for four years. It was me and 21 women. Dude, kill so, that ratio, bro. Right. You, so you logistically, this is any any time a guy sees that position, he's going to move into it. It's just that's that's what they're going to do. So if there's a group of women that come along that have a political movement that they're trying to push, you'll see men come in and kind of suddenly be right there, kind of pushing beside it. And you see that in all levels of politics. I mean, up the board from liberty movement to, you know, the kind of uh, normie wave of feminism and that whole movement White is women. kind of similar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the kind of suburb feminism that has kind of taken over a lot of the media stuff. I mean, that's co-opted by men because they see an opportunity. 
Like, that's just what it is. Well, to answer the question, the other question is, like, how do we end up with the women that we saw today? Um, and I think you, I think uh, you end up with these women because, first of all, they're attention-seeking. And a sphere of men who are, don't know how to talk to women, who don't, you, you know, arguably, uh, it, don't get laid <laughs> as are often. You saying and... libertarian dudes are kind of awkward and don't know how to talk to women. And so these uh, young uh, liberty girls see an opportunity to kind of grift off of a bunch of socially awkward dudes that don't know how to otherwise talk to women. Yeah, it's like fishing with dynamite. <laughs> right. It's it's equal opportunity fucking the the girl gets the girl gets the clout and the guy gets to be awkward and still find somebody that wants to be around them. Uh, so it's this weird, toxic kind of liberty space relationship, maybe, uh, which I think we see in a lot of political areas. Uh, I think that gets involved all over the place. Like, that's not just us. Like, and that's what I think a lot of this boils down to is I think a lot of people in the liberty movement have a tendency to. Like act like we're not going to run in the same to the same problems as every other political movement ever. Like that's just kind of what happens. Like there's going to be drama and turmoil. The the argument that's made that the Libertarian Party is super dramatic. I think the problem with that is that that's the 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 stage that's set. That's what people see, and that's what needs to stop. Like if there's yeah. drama, like the stuff that's happening, that needs to go be- that needs to go on behind the scenes, so that the messaging that's going out is real messaging that brings people to the movement, versus this fucking drama-filled autistic bullshit uh, that that just has no reason to exist. In like, and for the record, like it can happen, but like I said, it could be happening in a group chat rather than out in the open, uh, and. It would also like, because every time something like this happens, it does affect things in a way, mm-hmm. you know, as people see it and there's different reactions it could have the same way there are different reactions it could have from a political decision that gets made. So like, it, this is part of the like culture and politics just becoming one big thing that's uh, <laughs> just kind of doing the same shit over and over again. So I think it's just kind of how we react to it. So I think if people just shrug it off and move on and just kind of move on to the stuff that, you know, talk about obviously what happened and like get down to like the brass tacks and things, but that can be done, you know, places like this. It doesn't need to be done on a large scale, uh, you know, blown out on Twitter and fucking, you know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> creating so sh- some drama. So in short, uh, libertarian dudes, stop liking pictures of libertities and get yourself a woman that has libertities so that you can start posting pictures of yourself with said person with libertities like IRL. And then the likes will be because they're genuinely happy that you're that close to physically touching libertities. Amanda, go off on his or, ass. Get no, him, him, I was him. just going to say, or maybe, you know, there are things in life that matter more than libertities. I mean, I, I, I don't have big libertities. I have, well, a, that's a, debatable. A, a, I, I, it's, it's debatable. And the answer is I don't <laughs> we debate that. I, I have a fairly sizable liber nose, I guess, but that's somehow not more attractive. We got to put parentheses around that. How does I this want, work? Is what liber liber nose or yeah. or just I don't I'm not really sure. It was a Jew I, joke. It didn't, yeah, no, it didn't I know, <laughs> I know. And everyone, by the way, my my 
I, I am. So that's, he's allowed to make that joke. I, I bestow <laughs> upon you oh, the authority I, to make. I <laughs> shalom. Am too. All I right, am shalom. Too. All right. Right. No, I mean, I'm we're, not we're taking over. We're just, I'm the yeah. guy who passes so, out. I'm the guy who passes out Israel passes to read Coverdale daily. Oh, we're. <laughs> <laughs> Is that printer uh, burning up yet? Or yeah, it's, it? it's getting <laughs> under strain lately. Yeah, no, the, the, was... the the push to get her really put it out of the works. Yeah, and so that was that was a tough follow to keep in April. Um, <laughs> <laughs> go, going back to um, uh, to to the question, I think also, and maybe to approach this from a more leftward angle, but I think this is accurate, is that you have women are kind of more socially conditioned, and, and while one growing growing up, were more socially conditioned to not question things as much as men are. And libertarianism is really a very skeptical type of political philosophy. So I feel like when you look at conservative women, they are very adherent to the family. When you look at uh, more leftist women, they are more adherent to the culture. And libertarians are people who are just kind of like, I, I'm, I kind of am, am skeptical of the of both of them being, you know, kind of having a formulaic set of rules for how to proceed. So yeah, I think part of it is is a matter of conditioning that women aren't so much taught to question things and, and men men are more apt to do so. Which if that were to remain, then I go back to what I said about politics being masculine and that this is going to sound rough and blunt, but it's because I want to just get to the point. Maybe men should have stood their ground and kept women out of politics and then have them continue to do what they're told. And stayed in the home, but see, and but I question the whole feminine, masculine, inherently feminine traits, inherently masculine traits. I think that's something that we that we kind of use as a shorthand. But obviously, women are more likely to do certain things. Men are more likely to do certain things. But I don't know if I would call those feminine or masculine characteristics. I, I, but I get what you're saying. I think it was more of just uh, recognizing that throughout the majority of time, people that were in positions of power were men. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing for women because all women have to understand is that they have the ability to manipulate and control those men with their liberties to get what they want without having to enter the avenue of politics. But they wanted to forego Titty Avenue and go straight to, uh, you know, the Capitol um, I think it's an insurrection. I think the 19th Amendment is an insurrection on American politics. What say you? What if we I, 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 I agree. I agree. Um, and, and I say all the time, I shouldn't be here. I should not be concerned with any of this. I should not have majored in poli-sci and economics. I should have not even been interested because it should have been, you guys should have been doing your job and making, and making it do. And you don't, and you did it, and now you failed, and now we're here. And this is all. This is why the Nineteenth Amendment existed because you messed up. So I should not be here. Amanda should not be here. We should be doing a whole bunch of things that are not this. Because making sandwich and raising children. Okay, well you can boil it down to that fine, but I'm just saying you guys are supposed to be the master planners and the ones that say, okay, this goes back, this goes back to, to people, to Neanderthals. Like, okay, this is what we're doing. 
this is the plan and uh now ladies go make it so go make it pretty go go do it go make it go. I, mean, I mean i'm serious like girls are doers right like whatever and organizers so and we, we just we just naturally are um, so so i i understand what you're saying you know because i'm a man with a big brain and i don't necessarily disagree However, I think what happened was this was like a natural result of men creating and inventing so many things so rapidly to make a woman's life comfortable that it gave them time to think and start nagging their men to the point where they said, fine, fuck it. You think you can do better? Hop on in, sweetheart. See, I think this was the natural result of men becoming a bunch of beta bitches back in the 20s. Uh, they they got yeah, their balls so, they got their balls and clipped and decided uh, actually, let's start involving the women so that we can take some of the some of the pressure off of ourselves to to take care of this stuff and now on this note women better start getting their shit together cuz you're about to be replaced by the metaverse Ooh, oh Robo. this is my moment Robo I look like a cartoon character anyway <laughs> that great. i'm you so like a anime character man cool. is about to get the glow up uh, i know so i will yeah. say it. I think that something similar to what Justin was talking about with the twenties is something similar to what we're seeing now with how culture has been feminized and that kind of movement has upticked again. And I think that that's something we'll see replicated again and again and again. I don't think that's something that'll ever go away. And the reason I think that kind of exists is because, and I think this is something, again, it's this impasse where culture and politics have come kind of together to form this kind of similar uh, where they both just react to each other. And the problem with that is that I don't think any of this can be fixed on simply a political scale. It involves so much of the the social impacts outside of that. And then you have the argument of like, you know, I do think there were positive outcomes to things like the 19th Amendment. I don't think there's, uh, but I do think the problem is if you look at things like the voting records passed things like that, uh, the voting records aren't exactly great. What you end up with is uh, the populace voting for people that we certainly wouldn't uh, support, and I think everybody would agree are kind of horrible <laughs> political figures. Uh, that's certainly something concerning, because if you look at those same charts, you can see kind of a shift in male voting patterns in the opposite direction, um, where there was trying to be some sort of correction, but at that point, the populace on that side of the fence, uh, meaning female voters was high enough that it didn't matter. There wasn't a course correction that was able to take place because the voting pool was already kind of full of a, of a voting class on that. Um, and this might totally shoot our entire conversation, uh, to completion, but feel free to say whatever, Jim, you're full of shit. Um, do you, do you think that that well, I have no doubt. And I know each and every one of you is creative enough to uh, find, a, find a way to tell me that. Um, do, like everyone's familiar with the saying, like, you know, uh, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, weak men make hard times, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that we're just uh, a casualty of the moment? However, the moment just seems to be lasting for 100 years and that. We haven't really experienced true hard times to where strong men are needed. And now we're kind of seeing the first time where it looks like it's bending back that direction. And now everybody is freaking out and everybody wants to be either super Republican or 
super liberal or super libertarian and everybody's doing purity tests that really just ostracizes everyone. Um, is that an appropriate way to gauge kind of where we're at? Because in all honesty, I personally don't give a shit who's voting or who's not voting. But I think that you can start looking at track records like what Leighton was saying and try to find some commonalities. But I think that we, as all people, have had it far too good for about 100 years. And we just don't know any better or any different. I would dispute the premise that you, you so you quoted the, you know, hard times, strong men, strong men, good times, all that. I would dispute looking at that on a societal level, because certainly everyone or a lot of people go through hard times in their own life. And sometimes it's, it's horrific, like horrifically hard. And you get that in every generation. So I don't know. I feel like it, it, it's, it's too much an abdication of agency to, to sort of say, you know, we're, we're, we're a product of, of our time when clearly on a micro level that that cycle is, is playing out constantly for every individual. So I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd look, I'd look deeper than just that. See, that's, that's the creative way to say, Magoo, you're full of shit. There you go. So I would say I, I, I think somewhere similar and, and on I'll those be lines. Right back. I think it it there's an issue with small scale versus large scale. I think you can measure that to something like you know the, people talk about the collapse of Rome or you know something like that, some gigantic cataclysmic event. I don't know that it necessarily applies to small scale political movements or small scale household situations, which is kind of where I like to talk about things because. For me, like, you know, I, I think every single political issue has some form of argument that needs to be had there. The idea that there's certain things we shouldn't talk about is kind of the problem with politics these days. So when I look at, like, you know, this argument, it's like, well, there's good and bad. I would argue that there is more on the negative side going into, especially modern times, like the last 15, 20 years or so, that leads you down this road of like, well, there's really a bad trade-off here um, where you end up with a lot of different elections that could have gone a very different direction had the voting population been very different. And what I mean by that is, especially when we talk about working class, this is something that I think is very important when we talk about voting roles is, you know, everybody talks about female male voters. But I, I don't really care about that. Like if we just look at voting class voters or working class voters, people who, um, you know, are working nine to five jobs, those, uh, you know, for the majority of all the time we've been casting ballots have been men. And so when we enter this new kind of population where women have been voting, that changes drastically. And that's where that shift really occurs in voting populace is in working class, because along the same times that that is happening, you also see women entering the workforce, especially modernly, a lot more than they were in the past. And that shifted those votes drastically differently because people who work tend to vote um, because they have a lot of household issues. They have stuff that they care about a little more that they start paying attention to. So I think that there's just a lot of metrics that go into it that are complicated to kind of gauge out. But ultimately what I've looked at has led me to believe that it's not necessarily more positive than negative. Okay. So since Lighten brought it up, <clears throat> let's address the 
women in the workforce. Uh, what are y'all's opinions on the supposed gender pay gap and, and all of that? You want to take it first, CD? Sure. Um, huh. Well, it's all about production, right? I just, uh, and I mean, I, I agree with all the arguments. Uh, you look at time off, you look at stuff like that. And I just don't, the, the pay gap is, is not completely imaginary. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but it's not as prevalent as people make it out to be. Like, it's not, uh, uh, and maybe I guess in Hollywood, they practice that type of stuff. And maybe in like giant corporate America. But at this point, like I've done lots of jobs with, with, I've never experienced that personally ever. I have never once, and I have worked in politics. Okay. Like, and I got paid the exact same as they did. I got the same amount of time off. I got talked to the same. I got, you know, I, I, so if it is happening to you, I would then look at my production. And if you can't go to your, your boss and say, Hey, I'm producing the same amount. I should get paid the same amount as he, he is. Um, and they don't because you're a girl, well then fine. But if they look at it and say, Oh, well, you were on your period for two days last month and you decided to take off and he uh, he hasn't taken a day off in a year. I'm just saying, like, what is your production value to your company, regardless of your gender? And and again, I have worked in some pretty male dominated fields and never once experienced that ever. And if I had, I would have said, hey, man, this isn't cool. And, you know, if they'd have balked at it because basically, well, because you're a girl, well, then I left. Well, yeah, and you brought up a critical distinction. But so two things. I mean, when, when you look at people, a man and a woman in the same position at the same company, they, like the, the same job, it, it usually it kind of flattens out. The pay gap is a reference to in the aggregate men and women and how much do they earn. It's not a man doing the same job as a woman in the same general area of the country, making so much more than a woman, that's not what's happening. So that in and of itself is a little bit of a, a statistical, uh, it's statistical manipulation. The other thing that CD brought up that's important is I don't think women negotiate as much as men. I, I think that, and you can blame that on whatever, you can blame it on conditioning, you can blame it on character, whatever. But I don't think that I think that men are usually more accustomed to and more assertive about going in and demanding a higher a higher pay or what have you negotiating coming in when you're offered the job and, and negotiating for, for a higher level of pay and women for whatever reason generally speaking, do that less or they back down more quickly. And I think when you take those two things together, the, the first of all, the, the fact that it's kind of statistically not correct or and, and also the fact that you've got people who don't negotiate to the same extent, then that explains all of the pay gap. So to Amanda's point, uh, my wife has had multiple jobs where she did way more than what she was being paid for and would complain to me regularly about the, the fact that that was going on. Like, uh, okay, then tell them either give you a raise or quit. Like, and then she wouldn't do it because she's nice. And because she's 
sweet and she's polite and she doesn't feel that that's the right thing to do. I can't tell you how many times I walked to my boss's office and told him, look, I am going to fucking quit because this is bullshit. And then he said, how much money do you want? And <laughs> we'll keep you around. Like, what? what's it going to take? Like, there is definitely something to that, that men are going to be more aggressive in, I know what my worth is because I've seen what other people will pay me for what I do. And so, if you are adding more stuff onto my plate, then you're going to either pay me for it or I'm a fucking walk. And so I, I what, work. Like, what is the, what is the, because I, she's not like that with me, but with her job, she will be like, so what's the female disconnect that uh, once you hit that workplace, there's a certain level of professionalism and, and being and, nice and a natural courteous. desire to be obedient. Probably. Yeah, so I I'm a I, I have to dip out here because I got to edit for swamp creatures here because they're gonna go live. But I gotta I gotta the rundown here is I like kind of Peterson's argument that he always made was kind of the dominant versus non-dominant, which is what we're all talking about. This kind of like you know the the female in the workplace is less likely to take a position to get the raise or get the better position at the job. There's the work productivity issue. But I actually think that's less of a problem than that because I think it's more cultural and I think it's something that comes from kind of, I mean, something similar we were touching on before, which is kind of that feminism or feminizing the kind of culture and kind of how that affects households and how that affects kinds of uh, roles in society. I think it's made it worse for women in effect because I think it makes it harder for them to leverage things um, in the workplace because they put on more of a male persona in a way uh, in their day-to-day lives in some work environments. I think that exists a lot in like the stock market, things like that, um, where you have these kind of male-dominated uh, workplaces. And when female enter those workplaces, they try to make themselves more dominant. And a lot of times it leads to failure because it's not real it's they're not applying it correctly right because it's kind of new um and you see a lot of like ceos and stuff like that that spin out quickly when they enter companies for that exact reason um because they climb the ladder really fast and then realize i don't really know what i'm doing um and that's an issue i think that'll all become worse as time goes on honestly because uh i don't see any of that going away you know it's like one of those things where once the genie's out of the bottle you can't really replace it I am going to dip out, but I will listen to this later, and I, I promise. Leighton, you're the fucking man. Uh, uh, we, we appreciate you, you coming on. You made... All right. Thanks for joining. Take it easy. Yeah. Later, man. No, later, he, man. he made much, much, much more cogent arguments. I was basically just prepared to come on and play the role of the super misogynist, which, but I'm well, kind of comes naturally. <laughs> All right, we'll battle it out. Who's got the bigger liver tits? I probably do right now. You probably I've, definitely do. I that's it's, not a yeah. It's winter time. Um, this hoodie is not just made for comfort and warmth. It's also supportive. <laughs> I I, do, I don't wear bras to give you some sense of the lack of liver tits that happens. It's <laughs> it's not like a free the nip thing. It's just a, I don't need to do this shit. You know, it's and that that was a liberating moment when I realized that. Um, uh, so I thought that Leighton said something. Um, well, to his point, like, so whenever it fails, 
So like when being dominant or like in what perception they think is dominant doesn't work, then we can claim sexual harassment. And that to me is such a cop, like that's such a cop out. And now you have workplaces that like, I, I mean, if I was a guy, like I would be scared to death to talk to a woman. I'd be scared shitless. Cause mm-hmm. like, you don't know, you can't even, you can't even be nice. You can't even just be like nice without being sexual. And then it's like, well, lady, where's your brain? Cause he just, <laughs> he just, uh, you know, I don't know, like a, a, a man commenting on your clothes is not sexual. All right. right? So I'm like a man like, saying like that, that's a nice shirt. I would tell a man, Hey man, I really like that shirt. What? You want to fuck? <laughs> right. I don't want to fuck you. I'm going to out myself here. Um, I had a relationship with someone who worked for me at one time. And whenever I departed from that job, there were a lot of questions that came up as to whether that was a part of her getting the job. Like that had nothing to do with it. Like she had been working here for literally months before anything like that came about. Like it was just, there was a lot of natural connection that happened and I had a lot of shit going on in my life and she had a lot of shit going on in her life. And there was, uh, you know, extracurriculars to be had. Like, why does that automatically come to that? That was some like, job stipulation like it, right the, that that personally offended me because it was just so like out of out of left field like why does that have to be the first pl- and and of course the person who was doing the exit interview and talking about all this stuff whenever i got out of that uh, basically i was asked about it and i was just at a point in my life where i didn't give a single fuck anymore and so I was like yeah this is what's been going on here it is, like, just laid it all out on the table. Like, I can stay or I can go. I don't really fucking care. This is where I am in my life. And uh, and so, you know, all these questions start coming up. It's like, do you, okay, do you think that I can't just, like, land a hot chick, um, like, outside of, <laughs> yeah. Re- yeah, what does this, what does this say about me? What are you saying job? about me? <laughs> so fucking rude. Yeah, and of course, it's <laughs> ah, a female damn, HR so person that's, uh, it's like, what the and and I think that part of the reason that the whole uh, thing came up to begin with was because the female HR person was banging the regional manager at the time. And I was one of like two people who knew about it. And uh, uh, I wasn't Lord, real mercy. Yeah. I wasn't real happy with keeping secrets on shit. So <laughs> anyway, there may have been yeah. other things going on. but <laughs> You uh, were a vulnerability and uh, what they had going on. But it was but... like, why does that have to be the thing? Like, why does... I, I think I'm a pretty attractive guy. Like, uh, do you think that I have to utilize uh, holding a job over somebody's head? To Justin, get laid? like, what I the do fuck you, is going on here? That pisses me do, off. I do. You in no paycheck would have to be involved. <laughs> power, power dynamics be damned. You're good, bro. Yeah, just, but no, I, I know what you're talking about, though, Justin. Because uh, I would be lying if I said that there weren't ever any work relations crisscrossing but haven't we all been there in every one of those instances none of these women were meek mild or submissive they weren't in the positions they had because they blew their way to the top they they were there because they earned it deserved it and 
it was just something that they're like, look, I work a lot of hours. I only got a little bit of downtime. You know, uh, you look better than the janitor down the hall. Let's fucking do it. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm just a bag of meat. But there was no power dynamic. There was no power dynamic there. There was no you like put that in your bio on Twitter. Bag of meat. Fuck. Yeah. Just uh, I yeah, I'm, I'm workshopping some ideas, but I never they never felt that I had power over them and vice versa. But immediately, just because a couple of people who happen to be employed, hey, congrats to people that are fucking earning, decide to uh, let biology take over for a little bit. Like all of a sudden now that's wrong because there's the perceived potential for power over someone. So then it goes back to, well, can you truly consent if you feel the implied pressure that if you don't, then, you know, your job's in jeopardy? I, I think what the problem is, is that's true in some cases. And it's not even there for others, but we try to paint with broad brushes to say everything that looks like this has to be treated as though it's the worst uh, possible scenario. And that's where you get innocent people paying for crimes they never committed. And that's more of a meta thing, but it applies here, too. Everything can be construed as a power dynamic. You don't have to have a romantic relationship. I'm taking the workplace as an example, but any human relationship, there is always a something that one person has that I don't have and that I want and vice versa. So I don't I just I just feel like romantic relationships in that aspect are an extension of of what all relations are, which is exchanges of various, you know, forms of meaning and power. That's that's it. And that's not a bad thing or a good thing. That's just how it works. The fact that we kind of, we, we isolate relationships and romantic relationships or sexual relationships is the sole domain where power relations enter into play is I think kind of damaging because it's, it's, it's delusional. Yeah. I think some people just look at it as the free market of coming and other people look at it more as like the free market of uh, I'm just attracted. No. There's something in there. I, I'm workshopping a lot of things right now. My my big man brain is very busy these days. But nursing that hangover is not helping. Yeah, I blame the dogs. Uh, but God damn it, what a hangover to have. Anyway, don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I'm just drinking myself into uh, saying whatever the fuck comes off my noggin. So y'all, co- I well, first of all, I agree with you, Amanda. Um, it, I think that to even look at it as a situation that, you know, oh, well, because there was some level of intimacy that it must be scrutinized, like inherently, like that is something different than um, anything else that you can think of in the work, uh, in the workplace. And like what CD said, like somebody saying that you have a nice shirt does not immediately mean that they are hitting on you. I don't know why, like, that seems to be like the most safeguarded thing that, uh, is there any level of attraction? We can't have any of that. Uh, everybody's gray. Everybody's neutral. You know, everybody just wear the same outfit. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put uh, dog he- dog cones around everybody's head so you can't see anybody's, you know, body parts. It's like... Let's wear masks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't... I don't... I don't understand. That, it's like... That has been the uh, the best thing for chicks with nice eyes and bad face. Yep. That's what I said. That's what I said. Didn't I say that like last week or something? Where I was like, you know, uh, man, if you're uh, if if you're ugly, 
this is your time, kid. Yeah, you're like, you're peaking. This, like you're this is it. I would say I would be for mask mandates too. You know, like yes, I keep, was, yes, I want to keep it on. Yes, everyone, keep it on. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. Uh, Lori Lightfoot has entered the, the chat. I was working on those in the <laughs> pandemic first started, and uh, my boss at the time he he goes, you know. This whole mask thing is gonna be really good for chicks with good bodies and terrible faces. <laughs> oh my god, really, dude? Yeah, but, I, I, I call that I chin. Same thing. I call that chin chin down talent. Yeah. So you know, just make sure that you know the mask never comes off. Oh, that's yeah. the name of the episode: chin down talent. There you go. Chin down. Yeah, that's the name of the chin. Yeah, no yeah, mask can never come off. Of yeah. Um. But, Never let your uh, mask off, uh, literally and metaphorically. Right. If you're gonna create a character, be that fucking character. If you're a fucking liberty thought, oh, or a yeah, fuck it, I'll say it. That's then it. just you then, it. then just be that. Just be that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what what distinguishes a thought from like a just another liberty? chick like are they are we all liberty thoughts in some cases it's self-prescribed and no one else would ever call them that but they have a very uh particular outlook on themselves where they think that there's value in that word even if no one else would call them that they think that that would immediately get attention that they so need and desire when when if they were applying for a thought job I wouldn't give it to them, but it's not because she's a woman, because it's really only a role that only a woman could have. It's because she's an unqualified woman. She's too unqualified to be a thought. She's not a See, thought. Like, I don't think I would. I don't think I would classify either one of you as thoughts. Uh, Jim might be, but the two oh, ladies sure on the show definitely not. Jim definitely. Um, yeah, I'm a low value. <laughs> I'm a low value, low status male. Do you see all the shit behind me that I have to put up there to try to like make it? You know, my personality is behind me. I don't think much. I just like sports. We all are. We all do that. We've we've all look a treadmill and books. I'm yeah, yeah. And, and CD back there. Fucking Mises, bitch. You must like to run and read, and you must be a libertarian. Uh, You're an alcoholic. Shit behind me. You're an alcoholic. <laughs> you said the magic word. I got a drink. Carry on. So I, I don't think I would qualify either one of you as a thought. I don't think I would. I would put any of the the females that I. I would be personally offended with. if you did, and then I would come up there, and we would not have sensual relations. It would be rather aggressive. <laughs> the only way I like you that. <laughs> That's so nice of you. That's like the nicest thing. That's so nice. <laughs> but like, okay, so like last week we had Meredith and. Uh, Masha on, like I wouldn't put either of them in that camp. Most of yeah. uh, I've had Elena on and a few other, um, like maybe Forrest Mommy, but she's not really like she's she's wild and crazy and silly, but she's not she's not that <gasps> you know. Think- like there is a very specific distinction that gets that that thought designation. Well, Forrest Mommy I don't think seems- anybody that I engage with regularly would really fit into that category and I, I try to actively avoid that because like, it's something toxic that yeah. as you saw unfold today like that shit's not healthy and and that's that's nah. that's going on up here for them that's not that doesn't have anything to do with the interaction that they've got 
between each other. That's individually up here. Something's fucking wrong. Yeah, a man failed them at some point, a.k.a. their father, to where they think that this is the appropriate and necessary method to obtain attention whether it be from males or females and it's fucking sad like i it's easy to bust on people that are acting out of accordance with real well-reasoned and balanced individuals because it stands out but in all honesty uh while humor is kind of where i like to dwell on most every item because uh well we all have a certain amount of lived experience trauma that we haven't fully uh, digested so humor is the one that I've latched onto. Um, I genuinely do feel a little bit bad for the people that feel that that is the way that they must exist in order to feel some level of validation for existing. It's yeah, fucking, it's a too. bummer. It makes yeah, my that, dick soft. It's got to be exhausting. I feel like it's just, it's got to be just exhausting yeah. to constantly have to seek approval and validation and attention, just any type of attention, just good, any bad. Of it. I just, yeah, yeah. good, bad. I, you know, and I, I see that too. And I say, oh my God, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be like this, you know? No. Um, and, and, and like, you're, you, you're probably just cool, but you don't even let yourself just like be yourself because you're so consumed with what other people think about it. And, and yeah, it has just got to be, exhausted i feel for them i'm like you i feel i really mm-hmm. do i really do feel for them and if they ever talk to me in person i would tell them just that like it does you you're just cool the way you are yeah. you don't have to you don't have to you know and it's okay that you that you, you know your follow count your your like count your none of that none of that is real it's not real and yeah. if you base your entire being on those numbers from a fake place, it's a it's a it's not a real place. Yeah. And these people are just regular people that like like gave a fuck for like a second. Like like a second. You it's know? So like they don't give a that. shit about you. And and that's where it gets dangerous. Like do you start to do do you think ever and Justin, I'm sorry, I'm I'm just gonna cut in real quick. Do you think that there's ever been like a funeral um or like a eulogy where they're like, make sure you include the count, like the, the fucking follow count? He had a fuckload of followers. <laughs> she had the best fucking titty shots on Instagram. That has to go in there. Please can we have an open casket, but maybe like not so much here or not so much like here, but like just you know. <laughs> No, because none of that shit matters. I'm showing up at your funeral and making sure that's the only thing that's showing. Yeah. Like I'm cut, Dude, I'm doing a cutout on your. Uh... I want a glass. <laughs> I want a glass top, but just with I want I want a glory hole coffin. Is pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> just a little plastic glass over it, you know, just so everybody can have one last gander. So, like uh, uh, I know all all of y'all see it regularly because it's the sphere that we all kind of run in. Like people will post how many followers they lost and is there a purge going on and all this stuff? I couldn't tell you right now how many followers I have. I, I don't, I never look at that number. I don't care. Like, or if I get to a thousand, what am I going to do? If I get to 2000, what am I going to do? I don't know what I have and I don't care. Like I tell you, I I'll tell you this, whatever my number is, it's too goddamn many. Goddamn right. <laughs> it's yeah. exactly like whatever it is. 
I know how many people actually engage with my posts regularly. So that means uh, anything more than like 50 aren't paying attention anyway. So why are they even following me? Like, I, right. it's useless. I'm, and honestly, the 50 are probably people that I'm in Discord servers with, in group chats with, that I actually engage with in some way, or that I work for the podcast in some yeah. way, like, or, or that I have met at actual in events. Life. And have yes. yeah met in real life and have some level of engagement with like the other however many after that forty or fifty I really could not fucking care less yeah. and unless it's your business and like your method of yeah. making a living and providing for yourself and your loved ones is dependent on having a following which let's be honest how many of these not chicks many, are getting that's not many anything people. for their following <laughs> you know, on Twitter yeah. Oh I God. mean, please don't pay them to do the advertising <laughs> thing they can. Please. <laughs> so, like for example, like I know all three of y'all as well as any one person could know somebody that they've only met and interacted with online. Oh, I'm driving down in a in a few weeks. Like you just get ready. I'm showing up. Come on now, motherfucker! Shit! Wait till the weather warms up. It gets real nice down here. I tell you what. I'm um, from South. I know. <laughs> But I've engaged in like different ways with all three of y'all, and um, I, I don't, I don't think I would if I felt that any one of y'all were just attention-seeking, uh, mindless people that only existed on the internet because the internet was the only platform that you could get attention. Thoughts. I'm just. Yes. Yeah, I'm, but I'm still hung up on the on the designation, on the self-designation thought too, because it's an acronym for that hoe over there, and that that is not that's not particularly unique. I mean, if they're, you're saying that over there, you for, like, yeah, yeah, they're no, breaking right, thought rule one hundred and one. Yeah, a thought is someone who fundamentally is not really noticeable or distinguishable from anyone else in a given crowd. And so maybe it's an apt descriptor, but it's not one toward which you should strive. I love how Amanda stays like right in the pocket on like, no, fuck that. That is <laughs> not what that means. We're staying in the pocket. Hey, look, I reject the premise. Been, this has been an educational day for me because yeah. I didn't know I didn't know that thought had an actual like acronym or was an actual acronym. Yeah. And I, no. I didn't know what bundle of sticks was all about until uh my morning show guys explained it to me. Like I'm, I'm out of the loop on that all this stuff. I guess I'm getting old or something, or I just don't pay enough attention, or probably more aptly, I just don't really give a fuck. But um, so this has been a very educational day for me. Thank you, thank you. I had no idea what that thought actually stood for. Something I just thought it was uh, like the, some horse. So. Can we insert the more you know star? Yeah, yeah, If you know, if I knew I was going to be learning shit, I'd have that queued up and just play it. But I'm. Well, this is only your second episode or whatever the fuck we're calling these Tuesday night uh, shit talks. Next uh, week is going to be a lot of fun. So just to uh, to give ooh, everybody teaser. a little what's overview of what's going on next week on the Tuesday night, whatever the fucks. Uh, we're going to do a mystery theater, uh, mystery science theater 3000 viewing of uh, Minority Report. So it'll be me and my buddy Mark Metz, who does the morning show with me, and then... Uh, dl who uh the liberty dad so we we are going to be three little heads in the corner of the screen as we watch minority report and talk shit about it throughout the entire show so that's going to be a lot of fun that sounds really cool and then i gotta take a few weeks off because i'll be on my block uh for the next like 
three or four weeks where Tuesday nights I will actually be at work. I work night shifts. So uh, y'all just happen to get lucky that last week, this week, and next week I don't work on Tuesday, but then I'll be back on my uh, Tuesday night rotation for a few weeks. Back on your bullshit. That's what it is. And it really is some bullshit. Oh, my gosh. I, I wish they would just go ahead and put the vaccine mandate in place and fucking fire me so I can get over with it, get it over with. But here we are. Uh, they're going to try to do the they're going to try to do the. Uh, the weekly testing thing, which. OK, so we're derailing off of the, the 19th Amendment and how white women must be stopped, which, by the way, probably a consequence, which, by the way, low key. That's my only goal by coming on whatever the topic it is. After about five to ten minutes, Wait, I might even try to bring it back in. But whatever I said before, that's going to be so retarded. People are going to be like, bah, bah, bah. "Why See, are Amanda's they called gonna thought? Have, I'm sure CD already watched it, but Amanda's going to have to go back and watch last week's episode where we were going to talk about January 6th and talked about it for all of about uh, eight minutes, and then <laughs> no. the other two hours was completely not even awkward about sex that at all. stories. I didn't get all the way through, but I, I've, I've, I've gotten to that point where I was like, well, this has devolved considerably. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, see, the that's, be. that's what happened. I think that's what Justin now knows is going to happen if he brings me on, because it's kind of a goal of mine. I've, I've, <laughs> I have nothing but respect for Justin and the, the way that he's able to pump out material and stay on top of all this stuff. And I'm just down here. Like, let's see what we can fuck up. I don't know. See Jim, um, that's why I sent you that uh, that episode of the the podcast I did with my buddies when I went back home for Thanksgiving earlier today. Because so they just put this we we recorded an episode at Thanksgiving, and they tell me that it was a two parter. I don't remember making it through part one, and at some point I was passed out in the yard uh, during part two. So anyway, part one got released last night. And it was actually pretty good. I'm I'm impressed at how uh, coherent I sounded throughout most of the show. Uh, but we just talked like we just bounced off of random ass shit to new random ass shit nonstop, and it was fucking hilarious. I loved it. Um, so, so, some of those can be fun, and then sometimes you you listen back and you're like, mm, mm, yeah, I. Hmm. And, and to be fair, for that particular show, they do have a lot of episodes of when you listen to it, it's like. Uh, what just happened? How did y'all get here? I yeah. will say, for for my experience, the two episodes that I've done, phenomenal, and the two episodes that my brother was on, also phenomenal. So, Exquisite. like, at least check out the the Campbell brothers on that show, and and all the rest of it is kind of hit and miss. But getting yeah. back to where I was going with this, uh, yeah, like in the event that they do implement the the testing mandate. Pretty much everybody on my block, which so the way we're, our work schedule goes, is you're uh, four days on, four days off, twelve hour shifts, and and I work the night shift. Uh, of the thirteen guys that work on my block, at least nine of them are not going to submit to weekly testing, and I'm not going to either. And we are also the. I don't mean to toot our horn, but we're the best block uh, that they have. Like we toot away. <laughs> we get more. So we get more done with fewer people than any of the other blocks. Uh, and they're about to lose 80% of, of that block. Um, so it's going to be interesting because it, supposedly it's going to be getting implemented on 
February 9th, February 12th. I can't remember the exact day, but uh, yeah, we're about to have some fun and see uh, see how serious they are about pushing this thing. Because all seriously, all of my guys listen to they all listen to like part of the problem. Ben Shapiro, like they talk to me about this stuff all the time. They're like, uh, one of the guys even said, you know, if we had a a yeah, good podcaster on this block that knew what was going on, we might be able to get some inside track on some stuff. Justin's like, like, the block is hot, motherfucker. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> I'm like, you already know. I'm like, you already know that I, you know, got the inside track on all this stuff. Why don't you just ask me the question you want to ask me? And uh, so, so it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, we're all about about to check out here in a few weeks. Uh, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, so, my wife is my wife is literally texting me telling me you're not getting fired. You're gonna get a. Uh, you're going to get a exemption of some sort and you're going to keep your job because you make too much money and you're not allowed to quit. But <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've been ready for this for a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. So like that's, I'm probably not going to be in the same um, situation that you're in. Just my dynamics are very different. It's because you work from home, bitch. Yeah. I'm, I'm in my office right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, well, all y'all know that. I talked to y'all enough online. <laughs> It's the um, only place I ever see. It. I know. <laughs> this is the only place I exist. In fact, my bed, I'm sitting on it. Goes <laughs> 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 in the toilet. <laughs> it doubles as that. In his studio apartment. <laughs> yeah, five-gallon bucket goes right to the crawl space. I don't recommend. Um, but, but I know living in Georgia and doing what I do, uh, I've been fairly unscathed and cd i know you're, we're both in the south like it ain't really that fucking bad down here but i know justin uh as far as i'm concerned you're up north others might say otherwise um and i know amanda you're out in california which the is probably the most public yeah of, <laughs> oh god yeah i'm in los I, angeles i go to so, ucla <laughs> yeah so i wanted to I wanted wow. to go from Justin to Amanda because I've you seen. You can send care packages. It's fine. I, you know, any little bit helps. So. Airdrops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I might be in the north, but at least I live in Indiana with the like Republican supermajority and I work in southern, Kentucky. So. The most southern northern state there is, by God. Um, but Amanda, I know a little bit more about what your day to day life is compared to justin and cd only because of all of the interaction and Mm -hmm. basically when i say interaction is me reading all the stuff that you post and write over at the good morning liberty discord by the way chuck and nate shout out those dudes are fucking awesome um but for justin's audience and for also justin and cd who are here what are what has life been like um and does (laughs) and does it drive you insane when you hear retards like me talk about you know the dumb shit I do, and COVID's hardly even a part of it. Yeah, your fucking life is so hard. I, you, you might have to maybe wear a mask in a grocery store. Okay, okay, so I got that out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to a national championship parade where there's not going to be a single mask and there's going to be about 4 million people. So tell me what's life like in California. What time period do you want to know? Do you, like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, so the worst of it was the, it was the outdoor and indoor mask mandate, which went on for a little while. When I and that that was uh, not this past year, but the year before that, I noticed it subsided uh, uh, that people weren't wearing masks outdoors after Thanksgiving. And my theory for why that was was that people traveled, 
and people went to places that were slightly more sane and saw that nobody was wearing a mask outside and nobody was dropping over and dying in the streets. So, you know, you, you try to lead by example and show by example. Um, right now, we, we did have a, uh, the last quarter at UCLA was in person. Um, masks, uh, vaccine mandate. Um, they have just recently uh, sent out a booster mandate. I think a lot of people are already boosted, but so there's a booster mandate. Um, UCLA delayed, by, so 97% vaccinated student body. UCLA delayed in-person instruction for just two weeks. And then they just extended the just two weeks for another just two weeks. So right now we're on Zoom indefinitely for something that is incredibly mild and that is, if it's going to affect anyone, it's going to affect a 97% vaccinated student body. Uh, masks everywhere, regardless if you're vaccinated or otherwise. I don't know how that's different or not from other parts of the country. Mandatory for students uh, weekly testing. The nice thing about that, however, is that they do have COVID test vending machines on campus. Wait, so you got to pay? No, that's that. No, the taxpayers pay. So, uh, well, in that case, uh, you're welcome. Yeah, you're well, it's not you, dude. It's the other Californians living under Californians that are already paying 70% of their income into taxes. So, oh, never mind. I'm glad that I'm not paying a single fucking dime for this shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Gavin with the good hair is making sure that so we get our we get funds. Added to uh, our Bruin card every week, so we can we can swipe at the vending machine and get our little COVID tests and spit into a little thingy, and you know um, have it come back um, possibly positive for twelve weeks after you've in fact been infected, because we learned that that's what the PCR so test can do. That's the only thing you have spitting into. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we're gonna, and we know. What, what did you just say? So the PCR test. I don't even uh, know what that. I don't know what any of that means. Oh wow! <laughs> it's, it's, I'm telling you, Amanda. That's what, I'm so glad you're going through this because I know it's a very, very different way of living than a lot of people. And it's, I'm yeah. And I'm sorry that you're having to go through this, but it. I'm I'm intrigued because I'm like, what the fuck is actually going on out there? Well, for, I I'm I'm. Glad that you're intrigued because I thought all this was rather boring as I was talking. But um, wait, for, uh, so CD, where where are you located right now? All right, so you're just in. I mean, you don't have to give like a street address, but oh, can you give a state? I'm in Louisiana. Okay, okay, yeah. So that is different. Um, so, yeah, we're all. I mean, as much as I'm not in the South, I'm. I mean, in I'm right on the Kentucky state line. So okay. you're Southern at heart, Justin. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the time I spent in Mississippi will never leave me like that. The Mississippi is my spirit animal, and and I will always be there in soul, even if I'm stuck in a fucking Yankee land <laughs> where they have sweet or unsweet tea, which is just a an abomination. But all right, well, Amanda can teach us all about Chicago style pizza after this. Um, I actually I've never had Chicago style pizza. Son of I'm, a I'm, bitch. I'm a I'm... monster. I'm yeah yeah. I'm just anyway. going to stop talking. Anyway, floor is yours. Um, PCR test is not the immediately, ra- it's not the 15 minute test. It's a test that you, um, you like, there's a teeny tiny, you know what? I'm going to grab one that I have in my backpack. It's going to take like Fuck five yeah. seconds. I love show and tell. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I, this is going to be terrifying. I don't know if I could do California. This is going to, I'm scared. I'm legit scared. I just wonder, wouldn't like, the, I, soul, I, the soul experience I've had with any sort of uh, anything like this was walking into one particular store, which I, I won't name because I used to work for the company. I walked in. The girl inside the store said, you have to put a mask on. I said, I don't do that. Thank you, though. And she said, no, you have to put one on to be in here. And I turned around and walked back out the door. And that was literally the end of it. Like, I've, I've never had an experience where anybody got on to me for, for not wearing a mask, including at any job I've had. Like, even at the jobs that all of the jobs I've had have a, a mask requirement. But literally nobody has ever said anything to me about the fact that I pretty much don't do that. Yeah. So, so yeah, like this is this is intriguing because this is not the life that we're a part of. Yeah, we're all like, ooh. Welcome to my world. Uh, this is this is a PCR test. Why the fuck they give you these little mints? I have no idea. It's offensive. You're to supposed me. to put the mint in your mouth before you do the test. That way, right. it shows as negative. Well, no, it's because they know no, they're fucking you. you. Yeah. It's because they know they're fucking you, and they're like, well, this is what it looks like at a hotel. They put a mint on the pillow or. <laughs> Something. I, so let's just make this easy for both I, of us. I'm indignant for the taxpayers because they are paying extra for these sugar circles and there's no need for them to be in here. And I always throw them out because why? And then I, you know, I'm so I'm sorry, California taxpayers. I didn't ask for this and neither did you. I would say so, you could keep them in a candied bowl for when you have visitors, but I imagine you'd be breaking like 16 laws if you had visitors. Uh, you know, Governor Goodhair is just going to like come in here with SWAT team and then just kick my ass. So what you do is first you have to register because you can only do a UCLA um, PCR test. You can't get one at a drugstore and have that work because they need to have a record. They need to be able to check. Oh. <laughs> so they need to know All if right. you're positive or negative because otherwise, you know, they can't shut things down ruin undergrads who are internet insecure and housing insecure. I have a big problem with that. Okay. So you register on, on the system, you do a little QR code, you scan it, you, so I don't know if you don't have a smartphone, you're screwed. Um, and then you put in all of your information and this is at a UCLA portal. Then you take this little vial Justin, right can you here. Make, can you make her full screen? Is that possible? Uh, there is a way. Let me see if I can figure out which way it is. Oop. That's not it. Oh, that's this almost more scintillating content than Libertities. I do. I'm telling you, this is way yeah. better. Fuck ethos. There you go. Show it. Show it. There's all. my face. Okay. So you see this, this little vial right here, this mm -hmm. little uh, funnel. So you put the funnel in this, in this tube, and then you just spit. You just spit. Mm -hmm. I always pretend, you know, I'm spitting at someone. I just like, you just spit, spit, spit until <laughs> Until at least half of this tube is, is filled up. It doesn't look like a lot, but try spitting it to fill half that tube. It's it's that's a shit a ton. No, it's a shit ton. I'm like, I don't I don't have this much saliva. I, I just I don't and I'm drinking water constantly. I'm a very dehydrated person. I I can't do it. So you know it's about 10 minutes. And then you seal it up, uh, you put it in this a little baggie that's also in here, a little dime bag, and then you slide it in. My, that's my point of uh, relation. And then you Fuck slide yeah. it into... Uh, See, at least you're in a state where that's legal. 
right? Yeah, <laughs> just about. Yeah, you, sl you slide it into a little collection bin that they have on campus. You can do it off campus, but then you need to get back on campus within an hour because the test samples have to be stored in a certain way um, for, for them to be readable. Amanda, yeah. you have to do all this before you go to school? We have to do it once a week. We used to, have to I used to have to do it twice a week, but now everyone has to do it once a week. And every, yeah, and I'm every day. Right You're you know, way better I, than me because I'd have quit. I'd say, <laughs> I dropped out of college twice. I don't think I would be able to. <laughs> Let's go for number three, Justin. <laughs> any any more requirements of me from the university uh, that I paid to go to? Uh, and I would have been like, I'm sorry, I'm out. Wait, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm paying y'all for me to spit? What the fuck is this? Well, what the fortunately, fuck? <laughs> fortunately, they do pay me because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grad student. But yeah, and I, and I, I have a rant about the undergrads. So I just, I am livid on, on their behalf for, for many a reason. Another I, thing would not, have... I would not ignore that rant. Oh, oh I see what oh, you did there. Ignore plug. the rant, Magoo's podcast. Got that shit in there. Uh, um, also, it's what you stupid. have to do. Very organic. Is. The way he threw that in. Yes. If, Very if dumb you... and mildly retarded. That's that, and that is by itself a promotion uh, for my show. Very mildly <laughs> retarded. Um, if you want, if you're going to be on campus that day, you have to fill out a symptom monitor. So you have to log on to the UCLA portal and it's like a five factor authentication thing. So even that just takes a universe of, of time. See, when and... I get to work, we have this, uh, like temperature thing that you're supposed to walk up to and let it scan your face so that it tells you if you have a temperature or not, but 90% of the time it doesn't work. So like you walk up well, and I it's hope frozen you have a temperature. and then you just walk in and then like... <laughs> I really fucking hope you have a temperature. Like, <laughs> a temperature. Yeah. A number, yeah. I'm not a dad, it's, but I still I'm not jokes. sure on the days that it does work, I don't think it actually works because it always says I'm like 96 degrees and normally You're I dying. run. Yeah, You're normally dying. I run upwards I'm of 99. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. Like when I got COVID, A, I've never owned a thermometer. Whether it's the kind that goes under your tongue and your butt, laser at the forehead, none of them. I know you like the butt one. I prefer it, but you know, <laughs> you've got to adapt and overcome. Make do, yeah. Anything yeah. can be an uh, anything can be a thermometer if you're creative enough. Um, but I've never never owned one until I got COVID in November, and I was like, I think now might be a decent time to get one. So I got one of those uh, shoot it at your forehead, and it's you know it'll give you a digital readout, and every fucking time is like ninety six point eight. I'm like. Am I running cold? No. What the fuck is this? The the average human temperature has dropped considerably in the last century. Because we're all no turning into average, lizard people. The average human... I'm already there. Um, the average human Ribbit. temperature uh, used to be 98.6, and now it's like 97 point something. So, you know, it's go figure. They're they're learning the... shit. Check it out, dude. Dude, I'm um, telling you. Like, Amanda, when you chimed in on Justin's... Uh, tweet about this show i was like we got to have amanda on because she's going to elevate the iq of the show while making the rest of us look stupid i see that as a net gain i'm, I'm not so talking sorry about, i disappointed I'm, you i'm not talking about ucd i'm only talking because this was me and justin talking back and forth i was like look i'm a moron um i feel kindred spirit with you justin um we're both morons 
And so I have this a bunch would be of comic good. book shit in my background. Obviously, I'm a moron. Yeah, but I was, and I know for a fact. Well, I'm surmising that Amanda probably has a stack of notes this thick about the 19th Amendment that she was ready to fucking just waylay anything that I that we wanted to bring up about it. Um, show us the notes. No, I'm sorry to disappoint. I, I've had class all day. I can show. I can show you my she, class notes. You spent all day trying to spit into a funnel. I get it. You yeah, were busy. I know it. You were busy. It takes a lot of time and then a lot of saliva, and I'm you know pounding water. I'm just back gonna. And forth. I just want to say this before class and undergrad, especially freshman year and sophomore year. I was high, right? And so I had hella cotton mouth. Yeah. And if someone would have been like, bitch, you got to spit into this thing, I would have been like, that's, that's you, not You want happening. saliva? You're going to have to get the tooth scraper they have at dentist's office and get whatever's <laughs> caught right here. That's all you're getting. That's all you See, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> I spent 100% of my time with a dip in my mouth, so I could have spit on command, but it wasn't going to be anything they wanted anything to do with. Sir, you test no. positive for like immediate cancer. I don't know which one, but it's all of it. Like literally the so I worked for the I worked for the basketball team through either I played basketball or worked for a one of the school basketball teams throughout my entire collegiate career. So unless we were actually on the court, there was a dip in my mouth. Like so uh, like I could spit on command, but it's not gonna be anything you want anything to do with. There there's a talent uh, in there. Uh you could be on film. I'm just saying. Probably. I've heard I want to go back to what Amanda uh, was saying. Age. Uh, about the 12 weeks the the no there was the yeah the thing you have to log on to on your phone oh and right tell them you're there okay yeah 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 so if you want to be on campus that day if you're going to be on campus that day you uh fill out a symptom monitor survey that again you log into the ucla portal and then it asks you the series of questions. First, you know, you re-input your information. And then like, we found your record on file, this and this. And then they, the first question is, do you have any of these symptoms? It's this laundry list of symptoms. And then the very bottom, it's like, if you have these symptoms, but have tested negative for COVID, answer no. And I'm thinking, you shouldn't be coming to, like, these are, these are, if you fever, chills, whatever, maybe don't come to class if you are sick, even if it's not COVID. Like maybe that was kind of the problem to begin with, but okay. So you answer that question. Then you go on, you know, are you, have you traveled outside the state within the past 10 days? So I guess I'm, I haven't looked into this. There might be a quarantine that you have to, yeah, I think actually there is. You have to quarantine uh, for a certain amount of time if you traveled outside the state. Um, are you living with anyone who's experiencing symptoms of COVID? Uh, are you under isolation by direction of a public health official? So yes or no, yes or no. You go through this list and then if you answer correctly uh, and you have met the weekly testing requirement, it says you're cleared to be on campus. Uh, now, Holy fortunately, nobody, nobody asks to see your papers. Uh, technically, they could, but they, they don't. However, professors do have a database to which they have access. So they're encouraged and they're told to look at that database uh, before classes to make sure that everyone who is in class has <laughs> accurately and, and effectively completed the symptom monitoring survey. Some professors do this. Some professors don't. Hey, man, you know, they have like a, like a bunch of different universities. And <laughs> all of them, like, here's the thing, though. Every single one that I seriously looked at, two word, whatever, is doing similar, if not worse, shit. 
Yep. That's the sad Now, thing. is that just for in the state of California that you've no, looked no, at? No, 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 no. This is or Cornell, like nationwide. Cornell, Yale, or sorry, yeah, Cornell, Yale, Chicago, uh, Northwestern. Um, that's disgusting. Yeah. That's Where disgusting. are you from? Because I, I caught a little accent with that Chicago. You, you caught Chicago. So I, I went to U Chicago uh, for my master's, and I'm, I grew up in the D.C. area. But Chicago is still, I, I, I love it very, very much. And say, Jim, like Chicago Jim and I both I have like kind of pronounced Southern accents. Yeah. And, and oh, I can. CD does have, does have it as, as well. So. I can't hide mine uh, as well as I used to. I used to think like I didn't sound Southern at all. I mean, Amanda, I've told you this before. I've got family up in Maine and I would go up there to see them. And immediately <laughs> they would say something very bland like, uh oh hey there jimmy you hungry and i'll be like sure and they're like oh, oh you're so southern bless they would <laughs> bless you laddie or whatever the fuck like uh, it, it'd be it'd be bless your heart in the south but they would just say yeah. like oh that's tootin that's tootin funny or i don't know um, whatever i'm not wh- i'm not new england not quite canadian canadians they're more canadian than Cana- uh canadians are uh yeah. up there in northern maine they're a special breed i love them all dearly and in fact, it's funny, if I'm up there more than like 10 days, I start sounding like them. Mm-hmm. I'll see. I lived in Jersey for a little over a year. or So I was on the, for most of it, I lived on the Pennsylvania side because you actually get a, a significant tax break by living in Pennsylvania, even though you work in mm-hmm. Jersey. But so anyway, I was around the uh, Pennsylvania or uh, Philadelphia and Trenton, New Jersey area. Uh, my parents told me that my Southern accent got worse during the year that I was living up there. I'm apparently, fucking like, rebelling. Fuck yeah, all you apparently man. Apparently my brain like <laughs> proactively was working against picking up a, a, a Yankee oh, accent. Not, no. It was, I was just Rejection. Getting, <laughs> I was getting progressively more and more Southern the whole time I lived up there. Like, my, my dad And my dad of all people, he's like, I think you've gotten a lot more Southern in your accent in the time you've been living up there. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't listen to myself talk. Well, the, you know, at the time I didn't do podcasts or anything. So. Well, as a uh, as somebody that has self consciously paid attention to accents, only because when I go visit my family, it's like they're like, "Oh, everybody, come in and listen to little Southern boy Jimmy over here. He sounds all fucking retarded." <laughs> um, I pick. I can pick up on. So I the first time I ever spoke with Justin, I was like, "Ah, oh, dude." Where is that from? Because that sounds familiar. It's a little different dialect than what I'm used to, but it's fucking Southern. Amanda comes through and I'm like, holy fucking Fargo guy. Like, oh, gee whiz. Are oh, we, are we, are we oh, pushing? Geez. Who are we pushing? Your into honor, the yeah. My yes. accent leads to havoc. Dude, the fucking Rakita <laughs> streams where he was doing that. Uh, I would, in fact, like to go up against Nick Ricada because I believe, Your Honor, that I have a more effective. What the fuck is his name? I can't even remember it now. Richards. I need yeah, Richards. Some some logarithm just threw me. Mine is better. I don't don't know. It is. It is. At least you don't have a valley So DC via Chicago or Chicago. How, where does your upper Midwestern accent derive from? Um, I was gonna joke and say watching the Rittenhouse trial. 
Um, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I, although it did get super strong during Rittenhouse Trial Week, like I would have to go to class yeah. and just train my voice so you can't sound like Richard. Um, Your Honor, he did nothing wrong. See, Your I can't Honor. even do it. I'm like, I'm like, hey, look here, Judge. The kid did nothing wrong. Let's fucking uh, get the fuck out of here. Your eh? Honor, oh, Machiavelli has been mistranslated. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't. I study Machiavelli for people who don't. Um, yeah. I think I, I don't know where exactly I got it. Yeah, man. Um, I I think it might have just been from because there are a bunch of people from the upper Midwest who migrate to Chicago. So it kind of dips in and out, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how they get laid. <laughs> is that the source of fucking late? Is that the source of thoughtdom? PD, did we just discover the source of thoughtdom? It's got to be. It's oh, got to be. Because, I think we're uncovered. Um, so, so get so, the oh tinfoil hat back since we derailed so, this completely. So when unsexy. I was, when I was living in I Jersey. Think, <laughs> I mean, you're not unsexy, him. but Lord have mercy. The <laughs> like, well, here's the I'm thing. Getting... If you, <sighs> remember when, like, uh, dial one nine hundred, I'm going to talk fucking shit to you. <laughs> like, was there ever a press seven for Milwaukee? <laughs> what are you wearing, big boy? <laughs> Does it cover your belly button? Because it sure is nipply out. You should probably. You want to see my garter? Let me describe my garter. <laughs> That's uh, I just I just really like you were talking and I literally was like, how would a guy? <laughs> like, she could be so beautiful and just like start talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it. I so, so when no. I was living in Jersey, uh, I had I had a couple. Good, I Hold had that a thought, Amanda. That I would hang out with and. Uh, like basically my best friend up there, her sister was married to an English guy. And so he would like, they would come hang out with us from time to time. And he and I would get to talking and between his like English slang and my Southern slang, like, we would have full conversations and her and her sister would both stand there and they would stare at us and they'd be like, the fuck did y'all just say like, we didn't understand a single goddamn word that y'all were saying just then like how are y'all having a, a conversation like oh we, we we get each other like we are we're hitting it like just because y'all don't understand what's going on here like his his english slang and and the uh the southern you know river town slang it it, it jobs that's yeah. really cool that's really cool uh so but but I think I think we did hit on something that if you have a noticeable accent that like you brought with you to a place where it is not prevalent, is there any and maybe Amanda being in LA it's so transient that there might be just accents out the fucking ass mm -hmm. where you just don't even get acknowledged because of that. But I would have to imagine that anybody that gets picked up and is placed somewhere where they don't um there's not a lot of like significance to back home uh that would either make you feel like you stand out or people would acknowledge that you do in fact stand out do you get that at all when you're out there or well so first the first thing is that my accent actually is very adaptive i don't know why if i wanted to i could i could decide okay i'm actually going to sound more like i'm from la and it would it would happen i kind i kind of dig the hard a uh it, it reminds me of chicago which i dig 
Um, yeah. So your first point, there are so many people in LA who are from multiple places. I hear that my A's are a little bit out there and I recognize when I hear someone else from the Midwest. Um, but as long as you're not dropping those hard R's, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, frown no, on no, that no, out there. No, 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 no. They frown on that. Me and CD, we can get away with it, but you're probably going to not be <laughs> not be so... <laughs> Honestly, never been tempted, but yeah, wouldn't try. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Which is actually uh, not true, by the way. I just want to point out for the fact, for the record, uh, you know, Roberts, pay attention, write this down. When one of the first times that we ever chatted in the good morning liberty sphere one of the questions you asked me was or something to the effect of do people just say the n-word like ad nauseum <laughs> with no regard because you're from georgia quite. and i was like no that's not quite what i said that's not, that's my not memory does it. weird things with other people's words um but that's what i <laughs> you, the you no 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 it wasn't like i didn't just come right off the bat with that what happened when you might were have talking offered it. Yeah, you were talking about it. And I, so I grew up in DC and then LA, Chicago, DC, LA. So I, you know, I just, I, I don't think I've ever said that word. And, and like, it's been a big deal. Like you definitely don't say that word. You need to venture and, into the South a little bit more. Just, come visit well, me. Come visit. Come visit. <laughs> I'll show so you. I was, I was very surprised when Magoo was talking about, you know, uh, with various friends, uh, you know, just kind of the way that they've talked, and I, I was, I was. It's a term of endearment. Well, I know, I know. See, I, I know it's a term of endearment, but I not for white people. So I don't. I mean, where I mean I'm, where that I'm depends from. on. So that depends have on their black. Met, that depends on. Did they get invited to the to the barbecue? If they've yeah. been invited to the barbecue, you can you can you can a all day. Okay. Or no. are you a wigger, which is like the lowest life form? But That's then a, again, typically wiggers only like hang out with wiggers, and, and they don't get invited food. to the barbecue. Well, no, 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 but they they create their own barbecue that's wildly unseasoned, and then they call each other that where there's nobody else. It's a real anomaly. It's it's the inward loophole. Okay, See, I, I, don't, I don't know about the other two, but like <laughs> I, I spent significant amount of time hanging out in the hood <laughs> so, so did I. I just never yeah. said that word i and just everybody about... uh everybody like i mean i was friends in college with a, like a bunch of uh i was greek and so we did a lot with like black fraternities and like it was never a thing like it was literally yeah. never it was never a thing like it was uh because we called everyone that so it wasn't like a race thing right and i guess that's like that's like where it's weird for for people like me that come from down here where people assume that I'm, we're just like all a bunch of KKK racists, you know? Uh, right. And and uh, I don't know anyone in the Klan. I don't know anyone that's ever been in the Klan. Uh, I think they meet at a gar someone's garage on Friday night and they just... But I do know, know a lot of... <laughs> I've talked I about do. the Klan thing before because like, <laughs> I do know people who were in the Klan. And what's really crazy about that is it was a fucking joke prior mm -hmm. to Trump's election. They Dude. the the left made it a thing again. Like it was not it a thing. Not. It was a joke. Surprise, surprise. The, the best they, the best thing for the Klan two times running is the left. Right. Left wing media made white supremacy and the Klan 
a cool again. After I mean, it's, no. it's like <laughs> fallen off into complete obscurity. Yeah. Complete obscurity. And yeah. they brought it back. They, like, they just don't... leave it the fuck alone and let it die. But no, they couldn't do that because they needed it to be the thing that they hitched their wagon to as the reason Trump was going to destroy the Amer- uh, the United States of America. Like it was yeah, the most like I've always said, you can, I've like I've always said, you can track. never have a hero if there's no villain. And when there's no villain, you must create a villain for you to be the hero. Now, I think it totally trampled all over what Amanda was saying about my mischaracterization of her thinking that all Southern people people just drop you know yeah. and bombs and hard R's. So please continue. No, just just to be clear that that was not the implication. Uh, and I, I, you know, I've I've certainly like I've I've been in urban environments most of my life so that you know it's but just for me it, it never I would I would have never tried to even get away with 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 saying it which is not a which is not a commentary on anything else. it's just it's not it wasn't part of my culture um all right so Amanda you're, uh, CD you know how tall I am so look how much taller yeah. that's, like, that's one of my best friends from high school <laughs> Hell yeah! So, the guy, so I, I'm like six five. He's. I believe you have black friends. That's not the. <laughs> you don't have to pray yeah, anything. Show, to me. He had to show you, Amanda. He had to make uh, sure. You excuse do. me, like, Your Honor. Uh, your I would Honor. Like, I would like to uh, put out there for the court exhibit in, please. Now, see, I was more showing. I was more showing that because, uh, especially CD, because we've met in person. She knows how tall I am, mm-hmm. so. So, so she can see how much taller he is than me. That's a. How did he fit in a house? Like, how did he even like fit in the house? You know. Uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> a lot of ducking goes on. Wait, how tall are you, Justin? About six five. Okay. Okay. He's yeah, so that dude's, that dude's every bit of six eight, six nine. He's pushing six ten. If he was standing up straight, uh, you could. Ooh. If you <laughs> and see what's funny is that and this is funny that like people assume people would assume uh like I'm not afraid of him. He's just a dude, he's just a guy. Like he's just a guy. But but even though you're <laughs> literally half his size. Right, I'm literally half his size. Wait, CD, how and, tall are you? Uh I am five one and some change. Say, Whatever, what? she's five foot nothing. See, it's so hard to tell when it's so hard to tell when everybody's like this I know, like this. Yeah. But no, I am I am small, I'm very small, and uh I but people would think because I'm like a white woman, right? That like and especially in the south that I would be racist and that I would be like afraid of that being. And mm-hmm. it's so funny to me because like I, I just like you guys I grew up, I mean, I grew up in the country, but with a bunch of country black people. They ride horses and shit, mm-hmm. and um, they are just you know I, I don't look at, and just like I don't look at I've never looked at the N word as a uh, as a racial slur. Mm-hmm. I mean I know that it is. Don't get me wrong. Like I know that it can't. But like right. when I like the few times in my life that I heard someone like use it as a racial slur, it like it bothered me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm like we don't say that. Yeah, it's like no, no I love I love those N words. Like don't Yeah, be- no. And 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 so Don't worry, Amanda. Like- Unless UCLA has hijacked your internet, they're never gonna see <laughs> that you're part of this. Like this is I, we will not email this to uh UCLA.edu slash uh, <laughs> dictator <laughs> and, and chief. 
No, this is, this is funny. Just... No, go on. It's just funny that like people have those, you know, assumptions from the media that lies to them every right. single day. And then like, but they're right on this. And like Justin said, the clan is eight dudes that hang out in a garage on Friday. And, and seven just... of them are feds. Yes. And you don't, I mean, the reason why, you know, Ruby Ridge happened is because of a, a fed at one of these, you know, and it's not a clan meeting. They're not lined up with pointy hats and shit. They're just seven yeah. pieces of trash that have nothing else better to do but sit there and be trash in one of them's garage. And most of the time, they stay the fuck over there because no one wants them around. Right. right. No, that, that I knew. That I knew. Yeah. And also, like, most of the time, the creation of these people happen, if you want to call it a factory, in prison. Where yeah. you go in as uh, I'm just doing time for whatever crimes the state has charged me for, but because I have to now go into an environment to survive to be able to finish out my sentence, I now have to make allies with uh, undesirable people for my time here. And in order to do that, I now have to be this. And when I leave, you know, it's, it's it's created throughout you know through interacting with the system itself the yeah. actual true number of organic clansmen you were right cd it's like literally eight people <laughs> and seven of them are feds so is there's like one dude out there that's like we're still going let's keep derailing <laughs> this further and further so is patriot front actually a legitimate group because uh, according to the what is it the uh oh, southern shit. poverty law my dog my dog's still outside i'll i'll be right back and <laughs> okay. it's winter it's actually winter time in georgia my dog's like what the fuck is this so i'll be right back so according to the southern poverty law center the patriot front is actually the largest white supremacist group in the country there are roughly 80 um affiliates of the patriot front and i i can't remember how many total people it is it's it's under a thousand. Um, what are the what are the odds that the Patriot Front is legitimately a thing? Because the whole thing was founded by a nineteen year old. Like I, I have trouble believing that a nineteen year old was able to organize the largest white supremacist movement in the country in a matter of like eight months. Or they no did, and yeah. Yeah, or or they did, and it's a good sign because it's it's a small it's a small operation, but right. yeah. But that would just be such a troll. All that would be is just a mega troll, like because those people do not believe a white supremacy. That's the eight dudes down the street drinking beer that are retarded. These people are just like, oh, we're gonna. Do I mean, it's like it's for the same reason that we say re, we want to be able to say retard on Twitter because we just want to be able to say it without getting, you know, we just want to be able to say it. these people are the same way. They just want to do this to do it. It's not, it has nothing to do with them not liking Jews or black people. Again, that's the eight people down the street and they're all like, we're not joining them. I don't know about them. They're not, they didn't go to prison. I don't know about them, you know? Um, and, first, and first stream back on Twitter and or on uh, YouTube and CD drops the retard bomb and gonna get me nuked. You know I'm good for it. 
You know I'm good for it every time. Um, because I should be allowed to say it, okay? Um, oh, I've said retard like a million times. Are we not supposed to say retard? Or is there like a number of times we can say retard? Should we like keep it down? Yeah, I didn't to like put any streams on, on YouTube last week because I was waiting for that second strike to drop off. Oh. So now I've got you know I've got room to play. I, I know how to game the system. Okay, it's like points on uh, your license. YouTube, as you can tell by how I'm dressed and what I've said tonight, I'm I've literally retarded. So remove the strikes, please. Like you don't want to beat up on the handicap mentally. Yeah, he is actually handicapped. Yes. If you listen to his accent, you can tell. I mean, just look at the shirt that he's wearing. Obviously, he is. I'm mentally challenged. I'm not a smart man, but I know what retardism is. <laughs> anyway, like I said, Amanda would bring the IQ of the show up, but I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can stop her from getting us completely out of the cellar. Okay, so I I, I want to to like to like kind of wrap because uh, I have to go. Um, so. Did white women create this bullshit you're having to do in California? Did white women have something to do with that? Uh, I did, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I look, the most privileged white man in the state, okay, is Gavin with the good hair. And he's like, he's grown up. It is in, so I definitely white men. Um, possibly white women were involved too. I, I, I think they are. Yeah. I think they are. And I think that, you know, that's why they can't vote. I'll just leave it, you know, they, they must be stopped. And um, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's terrible. I think that's, ter- that is literal torture. That is, that is, that is so, so, I, I cannot fathom, like, like operating like that. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. And I say that, and I say that with sympathy. Like, I don't say that, yeah. like, you know, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I can't. I never, 10 years ago, if you'd asked me what, Amer- you know, would that ever happen in America? And I said, you know, well, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's, and that is, unfortunately, you know, you're smart enough to know that this is not normal, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So yeah. many people around you think that that is real. And, and that's good. a way, that's, and, and that I'm backwards. Because I laugh in your goddamn face if you tell me to put on a mask. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, I just, I just spent all this time on my makeup. You can go kiss my ass. Like, no, thank, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, and and no, I mean, and like, I think I wore a mask for like three times since 2020. Honestly, um, and, and two times was to the doctor before they started doing like, like, like Zoom appointments and stuff. Uh, I, you had to wear it to go to the doctor. That that makes me feel good. And the reason that that makes me feel good is so, so first of all, I've, you know, had many experiences with people in power doing this exact type of stuff on, you know, a more individual, a more personal scale. So I wasn't surprised when it happened nationally. I was mortified, but I wasn't surprised. But when I've been through stuff like this in the past, one way that I always kind of got through it was thinking, it's not happening everywhere. You know, this isn't, this is, this is escapable. Even if not for me, it's escapable for other humans. And weirdly, that kind of helped. And so for you to tell me that you've worn a mask three times, okay, thank God. 
Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's good that there is, that there's light and there are faces, <laughs> there are faces in the world that are allowed to be seen and they should be. What's funny is that you like whenever, so what, so let's say April of 2020, um, they like tried to impose all this, all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just walked in, I just walked into Kroger. Yeah. I just walked in and I was like, I dare someone to say something. And I got a bunch of looks, I got a bunch of stares, I got a bunch of whatever, but no one was like, ma'am, excuse me, you need to put on the mask uh because they want my money and they know that if they try if they and that's and that's how we've operated down here oh do you want my money then you know and so like i mean restaurant people had to drop it like fast fast like you couldn't um we were on lockdown whatever that means uh like you couldn't go into bars and restaurants or whatever until last year but bruh People were, people just moved their whole restaurant outside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the whole restaurant was outside and they kept a full staff and they, you know, any loophole bars, they would just move it. Uh, well, in Louisiana, we have this, uh, they know about this. Uh, we have drive through daiquiri stations. So you can drive through and order a giant daiquiri. 10 out of 10 recommend. By the way. In your car, <laughs> put it in your car. <laughs> and, um, it's only an open container if the straw seal has been broken. Oh, God so bless. As long America. as you don't break, as long as you don't break the seal, it's it's not an open container. And um, in case you're wondering, if you cross over into Mississippi, you are allowed to drive with an open container as long as you are below the legal limit. So drink and drive drink all you want, you just don't be drunk driving. Same, same thing with parts of Louisiana, like northern more rural yeah um and correct me where yeah, i'm wrong cd it might be out of date but no 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 no. that's still that's still in effect you can you can have an open container you just yeah. can't be drunk so and like the, they, the college the college town that i went to statesboro georgia where the Alm, almond brothers made a song about it called the statesboro blues and they're real uh there was a chain of liquor store or alcohol liquor whatever stores gas stations um where we would get our kegs that would have a drive through. You could literally just pull right up, say, I want all the beers. And they would say, cool, what variety, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you never even had to get out of your car. So to me, that's like peak capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, CD, yeah, and, that's, and that's what I was just going to say, like, continue on. But I had a question for Amanda. Uh, well, I was, yeah, I was just going to say that that's, that's, that's how we did it. You know, New Orleans. Now look, don't ask me about New Orleans. I don't. I don't fuck with them. Y'all can have them in the divorce, California. Y'all can have New Orleans. I don't want it. It's <laughs> yours. If you can have that shithole, yeah, take it. Yours. Take Atlanta with you. The New Orleans yes, can yes. be a suburb of California. Like there this we is, go. This is y'all's embassy, <laughs> bro. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not interested. You can have it. So I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about like just the rest of the state, just regular people, and they would go just. They all just said no. Walmart. Walmart in Louisiana, you can imagine, you can just about imagine, their sales plummeted so fast oh, yeah. because Walmart was trying to mandate masks in stores. And so like they did have people that like, you know, mask police that were like, excuse me, put on a mask. They were like, leaving buggies. Like it was a, it was a local news story of people just like leaving their buggy in the middle of Walmart and just like, 
Like it's awesome. It's awesome. Awesome. The, awesome. You call that the Walmart dip? Yeah, no, I'm serious. They were like, I'm not putting on, I'm not, what? I've been in the store for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the mask going to it's, it's, it's out there. It's, oh, yeah. We, see, that's really funny. We went to Menards one time. And, and so, so I talked about this last week. Menards is where we were, where the guy like chased me across the store. And then as soon as he got, got close enough that he could see I was carrying my 45, he like turned around and ran the other direction immediately, which was kind of fucking hilarious. I'm like, sorry, sir. Like, I'm sure you're not infected. Uh, you have to be wearing a mask. I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. Thanks, though. And I just keep walking and shopping. And he's like chasing me down across the store. And as soon as he got close enough to see that I, I had my gun on me, he immediately turned around and took off in the other direction. Like, oh, man. dude, I'm so, not going to shoot you over trying to force me to put a mask on. I'm like, I, I don't know what he freaked out about. But anyway, once we got uh, once we got to the register to check out, my wife had already, like, they had already scanned everything. And my wife is in the process of paying. And they're like, sir, you have to have a mask on to be in the store. I'm like, yeah, but do I? And they're like, you're going to have to leave if you don't put a mask on. I'm like, we're already paying. That's not a problem. Like I would you like and to, what, I would you like and to what, leave now. That, you that's and what fucking problem. army? <laughs> we, so, we, no. so I just have a I have a question, Amanda. You've heard these tales of like no. uh, absolute freedom that exists east of the Mississippi, yeah, um, and and south of Chicago. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not ever. Yeah. First of all, um, when are you moving to the south and? <laughs> Secondly, but probably more, you know, uh, you know, rationally, because California is such a hellhole. Have you seen areas that have adjusted and acclimated because of how crazy it is to like CD's point where like you can have drive through daiquiri lines? Are there things opening up like is capitalism winning in any kind of manner where they're getting around the overt just intrusion into your life so that you're still able to experience and enjoy life's little things like getting hammered on your way home from work. Um, so I think to your second question, I'll do the second question first. Um, so that things are open. Um, they, they've been open for a while, although there is, I don't know if you guys know this, there is a, a vaccine passport system. Um, so you, if, if you're not vaccinated, basically you can go to the drugstore, like doctor's appointments, um, grocery store, I think. <laughs> and that's, that's, that might be about it. Um, so they, they do have that as for, I mean, people, in every in every situation like this, there will always be some people who find workarounds variously. Um, like gray I, markets or like official <laughs> official ways. Like sincere question. Well, both. Um, you know, there there. I guess there there are people who will you know wear masks that aren't quite real masks. Um, there there's you know there there are all kinds of of workarounds. Um, but uh and also i don't think i've got it in here uh, so i have the fake masks for work yeah and it's because awesome. of my beard when i put it on you can't mm-hmm. tell that it's you can't tell you can't tell that it's a fake mask because yeah, this my, shit this shit immediately breaches any mask mm-hmm. efficacy let's see i've got yeah. this nice black beard and yeah. so mine is like a, a semi-transparent black mask mm-hmm. so so when i put it on 
it just looks like I'm wearing a black mask. Like you literally cannot tell that it's a completely uh, just like not a mask at all. Yeah. And, and then like, like the fact that I know about these things suggests that it's, you know, it's not just me out here alone. Like other people are, you know, are finding, are finding ways of, of making things bearable. Um, and I think there actually is, um, I think they are, doing kind of like to go liquor orders or to go to, to answer your question about, you know, do, or do we have daiquiri lines? Right. Um, that kind of stuff I think is going on here. Um, so yeah, there, there are always ways and more and more I see people either saying this is bullshit and continuing to do it, which is, it's something because before it was, we're in a pandemic, we're all going to die. And now it's, I can't wait for this to be over. And I think this is dumb. And then you also just get silence and the silence is good, but I mean, it's an improvement because it's, I think I made this joke on civil discord one time. It's, it's like the Dave Chappelle saying we were supporting Juicy Smollier with our silence. Like we're, we're the, we can't actively condone these measures. So we're just not going to say anything. There's more of that. Um, as for when am I, when am I moving to the South? I, I, you know, I, I honestly, there have been times that I've got on apartments.com and I'm like, what is the most urban area that doesn't suck right now? Yeah. You're <laughs> too citified. That's the yeah. Thing. I can't, I can't not do cities. And I, that's, that's just, that's just my character. It's nothing uh, see, against it's, people. It's yeah. really, it's really funny. Uh, when he was getting ready to lose his job and about to bail on LA, uh, Mark Claire was asking me like, what are things like where you live? Because we're, we're about, I'm about two hours from Nashville, two hours from Louisville, two hours from St. Louis, two hours from Indianapolis. Like I'm, I'm right in the center of everything, but I'm also extremely rural where I don't have a high cost of living whatsoever. I was like, Dude, like, if you're not looking for a beach, like, this is perfect. Like, you can be in any relatively big city that has an international airport within two hours, and your cost of living is virtually nothing. Like, yeah. like where we live, our cost of living is probably about three quarters of what it is 10 miles east of here in town. And where we're about to move in the next couple months to an, an even more rural area it's about half of what it is here. So like, like what I make and what my wife makes, we are raking it in and don't have to worry about bills ever. Mm-hmm. And we're still like within, you know, 20, 30 miles of anything and everything that we want or need. Plus within a couple hours of all of the major like metropolitan areas that have all the big stuff going on. So like, Getting rural and getting away from the bullshit is, it's not that hard. It just requires doing it. So I think we're finally getting to my main point in this entire show. We we dropped the 19th Amendment and its consequences as bait because I knew Amanda was going to bite. And then I was like, all right, me and CD and Justin... We gotta, we gotta triple up on this city chick <laughs> and get her the fuck out of California. She's fucking elitist, and yeah. and and make it known that cities are not uh, all that they're cracked up to be. Especially like, I think 
and CD, I don't, I don't know exactly where you're at, but Justin and myself, like we've, we've understood, okay, work close enough to the city where you get city paid, but have rural expenses and be a king of your own domain, or I guess a queen exactly of your me. own domain. <laughs> yeah, where, I'm where you're, clo- you're close yeah. enough to have all of the amenities of the city without any of the drawbacks finding for for me anyway finding that perfect little line where if atlanta were to get nuked i would catch a tan but i would just (laughs) i would just creep right the fuck off and still be alive um i don't know one of these days amanda i'm gonna get you to finally go you know what this whole city thing is really the main cause of all of my heartache. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a nuke story, and you know, I want you to remind me to come back to it because it's a fun, fun nuclear bomb fact. Um, yeah, Terminator Two is a documentary. Um... Yeah, <laughs> uh, but so here's the thing: I want, I don't just want to be near a city. I, I, I want to live in a city, and this is, this is part of. I, I get that some people can not live in cities, and I. I'm not one of those people partly because I like to have external chaos and stuff. In fact, the, one of the worst things about all of these mandates and restrictions is that they're turning cities, which I love. I don't love all cities, but I generally love cities. They're turning cities into places that I sought cities to escape. And I, cause I, I like, I like being around See, if I, if I describe what I like about cities, it's going to sound like I'm saying where no, y'all do it, are. Do it, do it. Just go, just no, go. but uh, that's, not, that's not what I mean at <laughs> do all. It, do, it. Fucking do it, do it, do it, do it. I, I of, like... Call us a bunch of dumb hillbillies and uh, meth addicts. <laughs> but I'm, I don't I'm here for that, it. I don't think that at all. Seriously, I and, and no joke, I admire people who, who live in non-urban areas because I think it takes a certain kind of contentment with oneself uh, that I lack. And I like being around, uh, I like being around tons of different wild and crazy people, some of whom I agree with and some of whom I don't. I like chaos. I like danger, although there's danger in rural areas too. There's, you know, you can say, hell yeah, man. You You legitimately get that with the meth heads out in the country. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're pretty sketchy. They may be a little more extreme, but you know, it's, it's, it's definitely there. You get the variety and the, uh, the, that probably, probably not a lot yeah. of straw sharing uh during covid in la i imagine everybody's got their own like we don't have straws the, you got the cardboard oh, shit fuck. now god damn i can't even make like a half-baked cocaine joke your place is so fucking no. locked down god, try leave coke through that a, through shithole a paper straw. what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible you only get like 70 percent of the glow no uh. <laughs> Um, I'd say that organic material just like sucks that up. I'm sure. If I had to do blow out of a paper straw, I would eat. (laughs) On principle, on principle, if someone handed me a straw that was paper, I'd be like, "You have lost your fucking mind." No, I've I've never used first straight into it. Me and C, me and C are in in simpatico. She finished my sentence right there because it's like, yeah, we does not compute. I just need a dollar bill. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Especially now that they're worth nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Just, 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 I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't. <laughs> no. 
I've, I've never used a paper straw. Uh, I like, okay. I order plastic straws from Amazon so I can have plastic straws uh, when I need a straw. I'll send you some. I buy mine at the grocery store. God bless store. you. I'll Thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate I'll that. I'll send you some of those real fucking curly ones just so they got to put it in a I bigger box. I love those silly straws. Those are so fun. I'm so seriously fun. seven years old. They're, they're really fun. My kids fun. have some like metal like, ones. They, they kind of creep me out. Like you could legitimately stab somebody with them. Okay, so for real, the metal ones. Like what's the fucking utility of that? How do you even clean those fuckers? You're going to just have oh, bacteria in them. I just throw them in the dishwasher. I don't No, my sister and brother-in-law have those, and they're always super gunky and gnar. They really are. Yeah. They're yeah. not. Nah. Yeah, you got to go to the weed store to get pipe cleaners like the old <laughs> days to clean your mm. metal straws. So either mm. way, just get high and don't give a fuck about the turtles. Fuck them turtles. The turtles yeah, are not like my great. fault, man. <laughs> Like I didn't, I didn't. I love this I stream. This. I love. It. By the way, um, something, something. Women shouldn't vote. Mm. I think. Uh, I'm just trying to bring it back home. Yeah, yeah, no. By the way, Amanda's I can I can go for like five hours. I don't give a shit. I can I'm go running, for five hours too. I'm, I'm, running I'm, on, I'm three hours behind the East Coast. Amanda's unwilling to leave cities, so obviously women shouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> This yeah, might, well, you know, you might have a case there. Ooh, ooh, no, if, ooh, ooh. You just reminded me of a point that I thought of that I forgot about because this. The creation of cities mm. and clustering people together mm-hmm. where they could have an easier life brought about the 19th Amendment. You don't have that shit if everybody's fucking homesteading and having to dig a new trough to get irrigation lines, you know, drug out to get their fields watered. Uh, no okay, one's... so there is some like you're saying it half jokingly. No, but there is some pretty. I'm saying it in a way that thing. sounds half joking because of I've that's this is my your... eighth. Uh, this is my eighth and ninth beer. That's just your natural inflection. Yes. Um, Sorry, so I, talk, I sound like that. this. Like, like that has, and and it's been memed. Like you see the memes that are like um, that that look at there that say like in the 1940s or 50s. You know, the families are like, we're going to move into the city for the better life. And then today we're moving back to the country for a better life. So the the urbanization of society really has been a a key contributing factor to a lot of what the premise of this this stream was was based around, like moving into the city having a lot of those conveniences and luxuries and the things that in a more rural society you don't have where that you have more of a necessity for the wife to be at home, taking care of the house, raising the children, cooking the meals while the husband is in the field, in the woods, you know, doing the, the physical manual labor, the conveniences that, the more urbanized society provided created this situation where that's not a necessity. And then as that becomes less of a necessity, it has kind of bred a devolution of society that we've seen over the last, you know, century. See, I don't, I don't think it's the convenience's fault because I, again, these are the fruits of capitalism, and I love the fruits of capitalism. Now, I think there are probably a lot of, a lot of things that we could be doing differently with regard to deterring people from spending their leisure and idleness. I don't think it's the fault of innovation. 
In fact, I think encouraging people to want to out innovate and be get further innovation is what gets people out of this sense of, you know, just luxury for luxury's sake. Okay, so I grew up. God damn it. She always has an answer with fancy words. So I grew up very rural on a farm. My my granddad farm, my dad farms, my brother farms. Uh, Something that has been relatively consistent throughout all of my lifetime is, especially for my grandmother's part, she has always kind of been the the home the homekeeper for everybody. Like if if we were sick or whatever, we went to my grandmother's house. During the summers, during Eat this chicken. I just made it in soup. You'll be good in two days. And legitimately that's, you were. That's uh, how I grew up. But like yeah. during the summers, she always cooked meals for my dad and my granddad. Like even because my mom was a school teacher. So even in the summers, my mom was home during the summer. We all went to my grandmother's house for lunch when we came in off the farm. Like we didn't we we didn't go home. We went to my grandmother's mm-hmm. house because my grandmother cooked a lunch for us every day in harvest season. We went to my grandmother's house for lunch every day. Like there is something to and even if okay, to this day, if she knows that I'm coming home, like I, I went home for Thanksgiving. If she knows that I'm gonna be home, my grandmother will fix a plate for me and have it. So that if I come to visit, I have something to eat. Yep. And in our, and even, you know, even to my mother's generation, in our more modern generations, that has kind of been lost. And mm. and I think it takes away from, it takes away from the value that, a, that women bring to what we do in society. Like, like there is something that cannot be find be defined in the value of what she provided for us on the farm. Yeah, the special social role that females play in community, which once you blow community up large enough, it's called society. I'm totally I totally get what you're saying, Justin, because like for example, um you know, my mom was born and raised in downtown Atlanta, like back in the late fifties and in the sixties. And then she was part of the white flight out to the suburbs. I think what we're seeing now is in regards to modern day urban centers is what I would call is right flight Mm. where you're having a lot of people that adhere to right wing ideology and values uh, doing the same thing. And like my stepdad, who was born and raised in northern rural agricultural area, farmland, northern Maine, uh, which is nothing but potato. It's either potatoes or lumber. And he did enough of both to know that he didn't want to establish a life or a career there. Went around America from New Mexico and Arizona to Miami to Atlanta to Detroit to D.C., all he was ever trying to do was to get back to the potato and lumber fields that he grew up in. So he experienced all the city and urban life that Mm -hmm. he could muster. But the second that he was able to make his own decision for, for himself that was not tethered to 
a, a requirement of you have to do all these other things to be able to just exist in this area, he got the fuck out as well. And so I'm wondering if if we truly are a a casualty of our own upbringing and if 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 we are kind of destined or doomed depending on how you think of it whether it's a positive or negative that you kind of just are who you are based on the area that you initially grow up and if that's just who you're going to be for the rest of time or like in my stepdad's case he was born and raised in the middle of nowhere um they went and experienced all that but all he wanted to do was go back to the middle of nowhere like I'm 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 genuinely curious. If you're born and raised in a city, do you see urban and agricultural areas as something that you cannot connect to, therefore you never want to ever be there? It's a good question. Um I was not so I was actually in the suburban area and around DC. So it wasn't so much that I was raised in a city. I liked the city. I always liked escaping into the city. Um, but you could go just as far in the other direction and you'd be in farmland. Um, and I did have some experiences being in more rural areas earlier on in my life, but uh, no, I, I was, I was mainly suburban and, and that's I to, where I began this podcast. I, where I said, you know, suburbs, the worst of all worlds. That was, that was <laughs> speaking from experience. So I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, I think the essence, the true essence of anyone that says that, you know, it, you know, and it's kind of a meme and it's kind of a bumper sticker and a trope uh, in these days to say that the 19th Amendment is a mistake. But I think that where that comes from still lies in the idea that I think that for whatever reason, and this would probably be an entirely different podcast for an entirely different time, is that people are looking at things in a different way than they were say five years ago. Mm -hmm. People are trying to establish what is happening, make sense of it, and then become grounded in some level of a answer to it. And I think the simplest one that's there that's prevalent for everyone is like for Justin, when he talks about his grandmother making him lunch every day, they want a level of community and safety and security um, I think everybody wants a level of security, but I think that for people that aren't so detached from the old ways that things used to exist, they see that going out and forging for your for your own and making your own way is probably the quickest avenue to true freedom and liberty. And so the divide comes from that where it's like, well, do we... Do we build up the systems that we currently have to make them try to adhere to more libertarian ideals? Or do we say, fuck it all and go back to what already has worked in the past and that we know that we can already do and go out and get 10 acres and start forging the land? And I think that, that like I said, the funny thing to or the thing to poke fun about is uh, the 19th amendment, you know, women, women should be more interested in getting out of the cities and having a vegetable garden than they should be finding their way to a voting booth. And I totally get it. I get it for all the humor that's involved and I get it for the actual practical applications behind it based on how things used to be. 
Um, so I guess, Amanda, is there any value that you would adhere to as far as like going back to the way things used to be? Or do you think that we just haven't done it right enough yet? And maybe we should keep fighting to forge ahead in the current American, um, you know, way. I lost the end of that, but it's only because words suck. No, it's, it's, it's a great question to briefly just defend or just to give a more perspective on the city thing. That is the way that I've found community. Um, and that's also the way that I found the kind of weird, rugged individualism, making your own way type thing. Um, but to answer your question, um, and I want to hear other people's answers too, um, particularly C- CD because she hasn't talked in a while and I want to hear. Um, I don't really see, this is going to sound, I, I can't put this in a, any other way. I, I don't really see temporal movement as being either forward or backward. And so I, I don't really think of it as going back to the way things were versus marching forward. I, I kind of see time as a spiral. And so what happens is as you move in time is that you have different opportunities to take different dimensions of what was and work it through toward what will be. Um, and I think that's how, that's how all time moves. That's how all change occurs. So in terms of like going back to the way that things were, I think that any nation, any people, any community, any human being needs to have a sense of origin uh, to which one adheres in their present actions. Because if you don't have that, I don't think you have a sense of identity. You're kind of wandering aimlessly through and you're not able to resolve anything in terms of what does this mean? What does this mean with with respect to who I am? Um, I don't don't know if that's, that's so much of an answer, but I definitely think that there is a necessity to, uh, to honor a sense of origin and to derive meaning uh, by working those origins into, uh, into present and, and then future action as well. Right on. No, and an answer is not even required, nor do I think there is one. It's more of the, the process is more of just, are you thinking about any of these things and not you, Amanda, but like mm-hmm. whoever listens to this, are you actually thinking about why you are where you are? And is there a reason behind it? Is there a purpose behind it? Is there a purpose that you're seeking out or are you just checking off days on the calendar? Right. And for the people that are just checking days off calendar, you're inconsequential in this argument because you'll be, you'll do whatever the fuck you're doing already. And you're probably not going to change that much, but for the people that are seeking purpose, I think that it's a, it's a reasonable discussion to have. And one that I was curious to see where you would fall, because for me, it's like, you know, people can stay in cities. That's fine. I already know where I want to be. And it ain't that. And people that don't live in cities don't require or don't need, um, people that do they just don't they because naturally they would rather be more self-sustaining and so so, I, I, so see I, this is something interesting that just to cut in right quick sure i think i touched on it a little bit last week 
we got to meet Joe Jorgensen at uh, an event here in Indiana. And her and her husband were just incredibly cool to talk to. Mm-hmm. She likes living in town. Uh, I think if her husband had his way, they would they would move out into the country. She likes living in town. So what they're doing is they're they're doing like garden boxes and indoor gardening type stuff. So so like they they're kind of they're kind of dancing that line. Like they they're acknowledging that this is where they're going to be, but they're also trying to kind of delineate from that city life type of thing and and do their own thing and grow their own food to the extent that they're able and, and there are actually like legitimate ways that you can grow a lot of food with a small amount of space you know indoors or in a in a front yard or a backyard stuff like that mm-hmm. so so that's like they are kind of dancing that line of being where they want to be but also taking advantage of like the life that I that I want of being more more rural and self-sufficient type stuff uh like they don't have the option for goats and chickens like i've got and stuff like that but but they can grow their own food to to an extent they can have tomatoes and and you know different uh vegetables and and be to some extent self-sufficient so you know there is a there's a balance there that can be had yeah and before i uh, manually kick this over to CD so that we could finally hear what she's got to say about yeah. any of this. Um, I think that there's a perfect balance. I personally, the way that I live my life, I'm a proponent of having friends that live in the cities that are on the third floor of some, you know, apartment building or whatever. And, um, and, you know, for like, if I want to go to concerts or sporting events or, or, you know, any downtown urban event, I know that I have an access point down there. While at the same time, I love the fact that I have family that live out in the middle of absolutely nowhere with horses and livestock and whatever. So if the shit actually hit the fan, boom, I'm good to go as well. And then where I currently am, it's like, yeah, get a couple of acres enough to where you can raise some animals, have some, uh, not livestock, but have some, uh, you know, garden vegetables and shit like that growing and uh, find your local meat market guy that is going straight from the slaughterhouse to the market so that if you need a full half of a cow, um, you know where to go for that shit. And so kind of, kind of be, be the person that knows how to survive in any and all environments so that when things are good, um, you have some pretty cool access points for people that aren't aware of those things. And when things are bad, you don't stress out and you're able to still forge on. That's my personal answer that I found for myself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of find the way to exist in all worlds. Put me in the middle of the urban center. I can get along and I can survive. And I, I look like I belong, believe it or not. Yeah, and then out in the middle of nowhere, when you got to put fucking paint on your face and go shoot ducks out of the sky or go like, you know, digging varmints out of the fucking ground you got the equipment for that too. So I think that the the truest answer to how to live in this modern America hellhole, whatever the fuck way we're going to end up living, is being able to adapt to any and all environments. And don't just put all of your fucking eggs in one basket hoping they don't get crushed. But that's just me. CD, it's been a minute. How you doing, lady? I'm good. 
I'm good. Um, I, I feel the same way. I always, I always go on. I always say I really like the internet. I really like having the internet. Um, I also really like living in the country. So, like, you know, like I want. Uh, I, yeah, I think being able to adapt is important. Um, but uh, definitely having a community to where, like, when, when we say the word like self-sufficient, that doesn't mean you're by yourself. And a lot of people sometimes take it like that. Like, you're just going to move out to the woods by... No, it's a it's a community of people. It's mm-hmm. Justin with his chickens and his goats. And it's someone else with their vegetables. And it's someone... I mean, you know, it's, it's not... Um, you're not completely reliant on yourself. No one ever... That's not... That's, that's never been a thing. <laughs> that's never been a thing um, since humans began. So... Um, I think uh, so. My 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 biggest thing has been okay. How do I make sure I also have the internet? Because I mean, like, I just don't think you're gonna be able to like tell kids who have been raised on iPads, like, okay, we're gonna move out here, and you're not gonna have an iPad anymore. What you know, like that 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 doesn't work. Um, so I've often said, okay. Um, for lack of a better term, uh, agorist. Show me how I can have all that and have the internet and have electricity and central ace, you know, like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I, uh, I'm all for getting off the grid as much as possible, but I also understand that living completely off the grid is not something that I really want. Right. Like, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds phenomenal but right now no um you know like i said i like this i like being able to do this and if we just you know all decide we're all going to live in the woods you know how do you get this so uh yeah i think it's uh it's community and finding your people um knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and you know collectively deciding hey we're gonna we're gonna do this but um, I do not think urban areas are the future. I think urban areas are where um, the worst shit happens and it's gonna continue to happen. Um, and I don't just mean like crime, like, I, I mean like them being able to do what they're doing to you. Like they, um, that would not happen out here. There's no one to enforce it. There's no one, there's there, there's no sheriff in the state of Louisiana that is going to enforce a mask mandate. No, I was just going to say the sheriff still well, has to go grocery shopping. To be right. fair, the sheriff of L.A. refuses to enforce it, too. So you do see some people, and I guess maybe that's part of an answer to Magoo's question, is like, are there people, are there ways of, you know, kind of escaping? It's, he's one of them, so. No, that's great, and that's good, because, um, like, I mean, I'm sure it's the same everywhere but the sheriff is the you know ex facto leader he he trumps everybody um the mayor is important or whatever but like when the rubber meets the road unless you know if you're deputized you rule Mm -hmm. and like a lot of sheriffs around here said i'll just deputize everyone in the parish be real easy um because we're just and so i think that that is the future now where having lived in the country all my life um 
you can't turn you can't have everyone come from urban areas and suburban areas to then turn this into new urban and suburban areas like you can't yeah and so when we talk about convenience that's something that you have to be able to compromise on if you're going to come from la and you're going to live in i don't know wimberley texas like you have to understand that like you have to drive mm-hmm. 45 minutes to a store right you you can't there is no delivery yeah you have to go get it like yeah. there is no one that's going to come to your house yeah like my oh, parents yeah. have to get a hotel if my mom wants her macbook worked on yeah because right. they're that far away they're right. like a six-hour drive from the local or from their closest mac store so for when they need something they have to make plans but when everything's working fine the life they live I'm so envious of. Right. But there's also no opportunity there. Anyway, CD, sorry, I I cut you off. No, no, I I mean, that's that's good. I was just, I mean, I just think that people can't, people that have lived in urban and suburban areas all their lives who say, you know what, screw this. I I don't want any part of it. And then they, Mm -hmm. they can't then come to where we are and then be like, oh my God, what do you mean we can't get our food delivered? Well, we need, a food delivery tip. Oh. No, that's the point. That's the point is to, you know, uh, is to be, you know, it, maybe you don't need to eat out so much. Maybe you need it's, to learn to cook. That's something that women need to learn ooh. back to go back to learn to fucking cook. Bring it like, in. Really fun we're talking about this. I will. Cause... Like, dude, girls who are just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's really funny that we're talking about this because in my, uh, my morning show group chat. One of the guys just asked for recipes with duck eggs. Well, that's what's up. I mean, because we're all quail eggs. I know some quail egg stuff. (laughs) Because we're all a bunch of agorists and like we all have goats and chickens and ducks and, or, and gardens and stuff. And so he knows that like, we are the group to ask for recipes with duck eggs. (laughs) Yeah. No. And if I was, if, if I was setting up my studio in a different room of my house, you would have you would have different duck wings that are filleted out and shadow boxes with um, you know ducks unlimited gear and you know shotguns and all my little hunting um, receipts. Some called trophies, but you know I d- I don't want to lay the Georgia on that heavy to everybody. The body parts of the trophies, not the. The human body parts. The carcasses of conquering. Yes. Yeah. Jim has a lot of of deer dicks. (laughs) Nothing but deer dicks. All preserved just the way that they were at the moment of excitement before they, uh, you know, before they met their doom. Have you ever shot one as it was like just walking around the field, mountain, random does? I would never. I would never. I'm a gentleman, Justin. Obviously, you let him. Obviously, you let him finish the job, especially if he's got a knife. <laughs> we love Amanda. <laughs> Amanda's like, I'm out, I'm out. Well, I know we've been going almost three hours, and like I said, I can I can keep going. But um, as we have immediately determined that uh, whatever the topic of conversation that you're going to bring up for this show, Justin, we're immediately not going to adhere to it. We might do it adjacently and in some manner of 
faction. But I really, really, really just got to say, Justin, I tip my cap to you. Um, you do a shitload of work for a lot of other podcasts. Um, but this one might be my most fun one so far. We're only two weeks in, but so far we've run it pretty well. It's just been you and me, the two dudes with two females coming on and no one has said, uh, anything too derogatory. I don't think where, uh, there's an all out fucking, uh, you know, not race war, but sex war. Not yet. Screaming match. (laughs) yeah i've somehow tiptoed around just gentle gently enough to where uh no one no one hates anybody but i don't know no i'm not i'm not tiptoeing at all in fact fact, this right here is probably my most comfortable um setting because i know everyone here and i i genuinely enjoy everything that all of y'all bring uh to your personas that I only know online. Uh, like, for example, Amanda and I have had five plus hour long um, Discord uh, voice chat debates where there's mm-hmm. other motherfuckers in the fucking group that want to talk that shit and be all controversial. And I'm like, bring it to the voice chat. Yeah. And we solve the shit. That's how yeah. we solved Israel and Palestine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I wish we would have recorded it. We I could know. have probably saved the planet. Really but nice. it sounds like you need to let me in on that one because I got to listen <laughs> to you and uh, self defense guillotine the other night go for like four and a half, five hours, and that was brilliant. Kept me entertained all through work. It was like, oh, by the end of it, I was just like, huh? I don't know why politics was <laughs> like. I was. <laughs> it was not. Y'all a good were a lot of fun. It was not a good lot of fun. I was running on three flats, just trying to get to the finish line. I was like, whatever, dude. But um, and then obviously, CD, I love and adore you. I love you too, my girl. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for everyone here. This is so oh, yes. cool, Amanda. It's so nice to meet you. It's so awesome Absolutely. to meet you. So You're nice wonderful. You. You're a wonderful person. Oh. Yeah, and look, I uh, and look, I'm praying for you. I mean, I don't really like do all that, but like, I mean, if you know, if there was some sort of divine providence, I'm I'm hoping for it for you. Um, and again, if you ever decide you want to come down, well, it's more more tempting every day. If for nothing else, Amanda, like, please put yourself in a position where you can just do a little low country broil tour. Just come skirt down through Louisiana, go through the the go through the Redneck Riviera, and end up at Savannah. After that, wherever, go to Charleston, fly back home, whatever. But yeah. come come experience the South for oh, what yeah. the South actually is. And I think that uh, you can keep your accent, but I think you would also gain. Gain a, a great appreciation. Nashville ain't shit, by the way. Those Good Morning Liberty guys, they're they went as far south as they can go, and they stopped at Nashville. And to me, that's like half north. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't do it because I, I was I looked at Vanderbilt for back. I, I couldn't I couldn't do Nashville. Although I, Nashville's a gorgeous a gorgeous place. Then I do I do love road trips. I've done I think three cross country road trips, and so definitely I'd love to swing by and do that kind of Southern Belt. See all y'all. Yeah, because I love the city enough to where it's like, I know that if we abolish cities, I would not be able to, like, this past November, I would not have been on the floor for Metallica, which is a band that, like, as a child, is, like, my favorite band ever. Um, And they, 
I have to be close enough to Atlanta to go see shit like that. Um, so anyway, my whole point is, is that I love all y'all and like, yeah, come to the South and let me know. CD, get your ass to Atlanta and let's go hang out. Justin, you tall motherfucker. Let me know anytime you're coming down to Atlanta and, um, and we'll go Dude, you're like six hours away. I can make a day trip out of that. I know. I go to Nashville all the fucking time. I got a branch up there. You're you didn't, like, you didn't come to Nashville for GML. I was so pissed about that. Because I, I was there, in I know there was Charleston. A yeah, I know there was a reason. <laughs> I was in Charleston being like, I might make it, but that. Yeah. Got the Next t-shirt time. and the plaque. Though. I say, anytime anybody's in Atlanta or in Nashville, just like let me know. I, I can seriously be there in two hours. All righty. Well, anybody got any uh, last closing remarks for this live portion while the public can still hear what the fuck we're I saying? I say this turned into a giant circle jerk, and I'm just going to end it because it like. It... <laughs> yeah, no one's listening two hours and fifty minutes in anyway. We know right. we've got such great personalities. Maybe, so. <laughs> you would be surprised, actually. But yep. So we'll we'll uh, we'll call this one a wrap. I will be back on Monday with a solo show unless somebody decides to just like randomly drop in on that solo show. I don't know what I'm talking about Monday yet, so we'll figure that out as we go. And then Tuesday evening for the third round of this live streaming event, it'll be me with Mark Metz and uh, D.L. Cummings. We're going to be reviewing Minority Report in the uh, mystery science theater 3000 style. So it'll be three little heads in the corner as we watch and talk shit about a pretty good movie, actually. So hope everybody tunes in on Monday and Tuesday evening. And in the meantime, hope you all have a great rest of your week and I will see you Monday. Later.